First round, make it count, toss it out, stir up the crowd. Second round, throw it down, knock them out, time to get loud. It's the Two Beer Podcast time. Bienvenidos, Strasvoita, and welcome back to the main attraction, to your favorite podcast, the Two Beers Podcast, the pod of the everyman. I'm Jordan, here with my boy Drew, as per usual. Drew, how you doing this week? Gumble boner. I'm full of madness, you could say, as we're watching... We're watching live watch here of the uh, Sweet 16. Another number one seed is falling. Arkansas is about to close it out against Gonzaga as we record this on Thursday night. What a week. What a week. What a week. What what an episode we have here, dude. Episode 76. We have a ton to talk about. Lordy, there's a lot of sports news. So many things. Damn. Um, On that note, uh, why don't we just get into it, hey? But... Before I have a beer, because I have a couple light beers, and it's been a heck of a week, so for all you sinners out there, let's have a shot of whiskey. A little Gentleman Jack. Ready? Ooh. It's about to go down the gullet. A sinner like me. Ah. All right. Now we can assume positions for the two brew salute. You ready, Drew? Surely. Three, two, one. Oh, that was barely any carbonation. Although the bottle says otherwise. What are you drinking? Drinking some smart water with some uh, liquid IV. Get the hell out. Yeah, man. Getting over uh, getting over a bad bad run of colds here, man. No, yeah, I uh, know. No brewskis for me. We've 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 had a rough run. Um, well, <sighs> shit, this is like... Wish I wish couldn't, I, couldn't, I, I ruin, couldn't ruin the perfect attendance. I would have I stepped up the beer game. I got a high life. Miller High Life. These, these nice. are my official beers of summer in a glass bottle. This is my go-to cut and grass beer. Um, I just thought I would keep it easy because man, I've had a crazy you, week. You too, seem so. like the kind of guy that would go uh, would go shirtless cutting the grass. Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I got to show off for all the moms in the neighborhood, um, all the old ladies. I and I, I'm also the guy that got my um, uh, like the paisley uh, um bandanas out there like wrapped around my head like the red and the blue depending on how i'm feeling that week absolutely 100 percent i swing swing by morrow place bethel park if y'all want to see a show in the summer <laughs> tickets um, to the show whoo baby all right so let, let's do this thing um we're gonna do boxing first surprise surprise uh the weekend that was Oof. really the only thing we were watching was um the top rank showcase um they were in the hulu theater and really the two guys we wanted to talk about was our boy xander and then berlanga but we'll start with xander god damn man that's that stock's way way up in the air it is it is like uh alphabet stock it is like uh it's like investing in apple in like 1991 yeah, isn't Al- Apple Alphabet now, or is that Google's? I don't know. Whatever I, the hell. This isn't the podcast for you. If that's this isn't, the po- this isn't a stock podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, listen, we told you the world was not ready for short-haired 
Xander Zayas, and uh, whew, we weren't wrong. Pitches a shutout. Uh, were we ready for short hair Xander Zayas? Oh, man, he was divine. So on point. Uh, Flawless. Efficient with shots. I mean, he landed 54 shots in like a minute and 15 seconds. Uh, I was getting a little bit of a chub when he changed he like pulled the loma and he like shuffled his feet and changed the angle and i was like oh, oh look at that age 19 yeah i mean the only thing there the only thing that you can even say about the other guy is that he he, he was even while getting the shit beat out of him he was still pretty crafty with his defense somewhat and uh he can take a beating because xander like i loved i wouldn't it. even say crafty with his defense it was that he was he could absorb shots, and he could he, – he had a hell of a chin. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And 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 kidneys, because Xander hmm. was landing plenty of those too. Yeah. Um, but did you – by the way, I don't have much else to say on it other than, uh, you know, he was just amazing. But did you notice the one judge in that one round where he barraged? Did you notice that one judge gave him a 10-8 round? Uh, I did not, but I guess I should have been able to do the math. I, I figured. Well, yeah, because probably should have been probably should have been a ten seven round. If there's ever been a ten seven with no knockdowns, <laughs> I mean, it was. Yeah, the one judge gave him the ten eight round with no knockdown. Um, it was it was incredible. Um, yeah, really where was. where does he go from here? Just more patsy. Well, like, that's the only thing I was gonna say. Like I, the problem. The do problem you realize he, had... he fought like six times in the past, like what twelve or fourteen months? Yeah, a lot of yeah, six six eight round fights. I mean, yeah, they're like, all short fights. Yeah, they're all still. short ones. Um, you know, I still I mean, you know, we we forget he's still only nineteen. He's yeah, you know, I, I don't know that he's a quote unquote prospect, but you know, he's still he's still young in boxing, and you know, it's gonna needs needs fights as he steps up the rounds, and you know, um, the level of competition. I you know, the problem is. He's, like top rank just doesn't have a ton of talent at, from 154 mm-hmm. to even once as far as 168. Like they just don't have the upper echelon guys. Yeah, you know, they control a lot of the lower weights. They, um, you know, heavyweight. Obviously, they have the heavyweight, the heavyweight of all heavyweights, um, and they control the majority of 175. So they have a lot of the marquee divisions. They just don't have that middle like 147 to 168 range. So I don't. You know, to get him a, a big step up fight with a, a name that people really know, basically you got to rely on the other the other promotions putting their guys at risk against against him. Which I, I mean, why would you do that? So I, I think he'll probably have another you know three. I'll guess he 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 has three more fights like these where he starts stepping. I'll do another eight round, then he'll do two ten rounds, and then I think it'll be time for him to start fighting in maybe some eliminators here. Yeah, so pretty much by the end of this year, early next year, kind of like yeah, probably cool. mid. I'd say mid twenty twenty three is when we see him in there in like a really big fight. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, makes so sense. I, I mean, it's 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 just fun to watch him. So if you can, we we've, we've seen him live. I mean, God, I don't know what I'd rather, whatever, would have rather have seen the fight we saw where he just clocks the guy in a round or uh, or two right, whatever it was. Or what we what happened on Saturday, where he just was awesome and just abusing the guy at will. Um, yeah, I guess the only thing you could say about him is you know for improvement as he like really progresses from prospect to you know 
legit contender is just being able to get a guy out of there that doesn't belong in the ring with you. And like where that guy really didn't belong in the ring with him, even as even as much as he was just you know barraging him with shots, like he still couldn't get him out. So I think that's I think that's like the when you when you'll see that next level of progression when he's able just to get him out of the ring. Step it up a notch, yeah. 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 Uh, good point. Um, and then the other headliner was uh, Berlanga. Um, he was in there versus, what, Rolls? Yeah. And, um, I mean, at this point, I mean, it was his first fight back from the injury. Um, so, I mean, maybe there was him being a little bit of gun-shy after, you know, having a torn bicep or whatever. Um but it kind of feels like he's exposed at this point, right? Like, like he just there's just not a lot of the sweet science there. I like exposed is a strong word because I still feel like he's also a young fighter. You know, the difference is he just has such a mass following, and especially a celebrity following. Being from New York, you know, the the streak of nine of sixteen first round knockouts that it elevated. It just elevated his. Um, expectations yeah like it's the same the nico walsh right like nick we we know that guy's nowhere near being ready to compete at a high level but because of who he is right he's getting prime time he's getting a lot of attention like you know every fight it's he's you know you're gonna pick apart everything i, I mean i will say and andre ward always said this knockouts won't sustain you and you're seeing that we're Belenga now where you know you're he's not knocking these guys out he's fighting slicker comp, slicker competitors that are able to either that know how to absorb his power or or are able to just avoid it so you know he's got to go into the tool bag and try to work on some stuff and you know it hasn't been great the last two fights you know he, he tore the bicep um on the fury wilder undercard so you kind of gave him a pass there but really no reason not to just put it to this guy um you know, he said he was rolls. getting good good instruction from his trainers. You know, they were jab, sit behind the jab. You know, kind of, kind of box this guy. Yeah, out he's, think, he's, I mean, he's just got to figure out how to execute it better. Yeah, exactly. He just he just froze out there. It was weird. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe it was headlining it. I mean, I don't, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what it was. Um, yeah. But and he, he defensively, he's got to get like he, he his like he just leaves his head there. Like he he needs to work on getting his getting even his head in off. general. There's just not a lot of footwork. There's not a lot of jabbing. Like yeah, just, and so that yeah again that's that's where I love you know the war the old word adage that knockouts won't sustain. Like you got you got you gotta you gotta have more tools in the toolbox. So um, again, luckily luckily for him, top rank doesn't have a ton of one sixty eight. Uh, contenders, so he's gonna, you know, he's gonna get fed a couple more softies. He he, he arguably could have lost that fight, to be honest with you, depending on how well, you were judging you know it. I had him up one going into the final round, and that final round was an absolute coin flip. Yeah, uh, so, and, and even ta- even uh, CompuBox had it seventeen seventeen in connections in the final round. So, I mean, yeah, it could have been a, it could have easily been a draw. He could have easily lost it. Um. He could have won it by one. I don't know. I think other judges had him winning like by a comfortable margin, which was just not accurate. Yeah. But I mean, they're not gonna. It, it was home cooking. We all we all get it. <laughs> the house the Tio built. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, you know, um, see what happens next with him. You just man, get behind a jab, like like have a little dodge, little little mo- head movement side to side, change levels. It's just none of that. Like man, just do some of that. Which they said on the broadcast that he did a lot of that in his amateurs, and then like 
he found his power in the pros and that he just like basically just stuck to the power after that, which I found interesting. They said he, he did a lot more boxing as an amateur. Um, so yeah, yeah. So yeah, it is what it is. We'll see. Uh, again, I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't sell my Berlanga stock just yet. I mean, he's just clearly not ready for, um, you know, the, we'll call him the upper echelon of champions at 168. Look, if you bought the stock early and you have a little bit of profit, go ahead and skim some of that profit off the top. Don't sell it all, but skim a little. You're that skimming a little bit, huh? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Bit. I'm not completely doing it. Put some of those pocket profits in your pocket. Anyway, um, so we have a trio of interesting fights uh, this weekend. We'll start with probably the biggest one, which is what Warrington Kiko two, right? Warrington Kiko Martinez, that's probably the biggest one. Yeah, two. <laughs> well, they, they fought in 2017. No, I know. Yeah, I just, it's funny. Like, they're, they, it's, they, they haven't fought in a while. Like a five year, it's a five year window. Between well, that's what them. happened with Estrada Chocolatito on their second fight. Yeah, it was, that's it, true. It was a 10 year difference. Yeah, it's true. It's just a five year difference. Um, But, uh, so this is, this is for um, IB, IBF 126 or. 126. Kiko Martinez won the belt, knock, shockingly knocking out Kid Galahad after Kid Galahad beat him up for four rounds, and then Kiko knocked him down the fifth and knocked him down the, in the sixth, knocked him out in the sixth. That was, I think, back in November. Um, Kiko Martinez is 36 years old. Warrington's in his prime. Kiko Martinez is ranked seventh by ESPN. Warrington's ranked third by ESPN. It's on to zone, 3 p.m. Uh, which so the main event will be like five thirty six. Um, what? How do you see this going, Drew? Uh, so we got we got Warrington five seven, sixty seven inch reach. We got Kiko uh, five five, sixty six inch reach. So the measurables definitely go to Warrington. When they fought last, Warrington won by. Um, I think it was a comfortable majority decision. It was a uh, I, it was a mixed decision. There was two one yeah, six, so it was, two one sixteens, one twelves, and one tied one fourteen, one fourteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was one six. So yeah, but the two judges were one sixteen, one twelve. Warrington, yeah. I think, right? Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. then one draw. I think war. So, so that's a two round difference if you think about it. Because yes. if they if they switch two rounds, then they have it right there with one fourteen, one fourteen yeah, draw. Um, I like Warrington to win the fight. Uh, I, I'm curious, I'm curious to see how, we still haven't really seen how he responded to the Lar beatdown because Warrington right. Lar too got stopped after four, I think it was, was it four or five rounds because of a, a head, a head clash cut up Lar too bad that they had to, uh. They had to stop the fight. in the second round, yeah. So they had to stop the fight. Yeah. So you know we still haven't seen we still haven't seen how Warrington has you know how Runs is he back. going to yeah. yeah how's he gonna how's he gonna come back from just getting absolutely just lambasted and and punished and knocked out. I wouldn't say it wasn't brutally, but I mean it was it was as close to brutal as possible. The way Laura yeah. just absolutely dominated him. Um, and that's how Martinez won the last fight. He just after to your point after you know Kid Galahad you know worked him for four or five rounds. He just catches him and knocks him out. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick Warrington. I'm gonna say he comes back. He wins on the cards. I'm gonna say he looks good. He looks like he's in really great shape. Uh, you know it, it's just gonna be the mental 
how's his mental psyche if he gets in in a in a jam? How's he going to react? But I I, I have him. I, I'm going to pick him to have a comeback. Yeah. So Warrington is. I don't know if you said this. Thirty one and one with seven KOs. He's age thirty two, and Kiko Martinez, like I said, age thirty six. He's forty three, ten and two. Um, and Kiko Martinez is the one with the belt. Um, it's in Leeds, which is uh, in England, so that's Warrington's hometown. Kiko Martinez has sworn that he is going to knock him out in front of his home crowd. <laughs> um, so I think he has a chance to do it. I really do. I think I think he's a live dog here. Oh, he definitely does. Yeah, the va- the value the value is on a on a Martinez knockout. Exactly. Um. I. That being said, ah oh, man, I. I really do not want to pick Warrington, but like my brain is saying that he will find a way just to outwork Kiko. Yeah, um, I mean it's it's good. It, there's, there's gonna be a, there's gonna be a moment where Warrington's gonna have to bite down, and you're just yep. gonna you, you, you're gonna see how much of a warrior he really is. And like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bet on him. Um, so I got I got the odds here. Go ahead. So Warrington is minus three fifty. Kiko's plus two seventy five. So. Uh, you know, a, yeah, not crazy. Yeah, not crazy, but a decent enough uh, favorite and dog. To- total rounds, Drew. Um, ten and a half. Yeah, over ten and a half minus one eighty, under plus one forty five. Uh, to go the distance, yes is minus one fifty five. No is plus one ten. Uh, Kiko by decision is plus twenty two hundred. Kiko by stoppage is plus three hundred, so big big gap there. Warrington by decision is minus one twenty five. Yeah. Warrington by stoppage is plus two fifty. Um, man, that fight was so. I mean, that fight. Somebody had it as a draw as, as the last time, and like now they're with all the momentum and lack of momentum. Kiko's a live dog, but your brain kind of tells you that Warrington's going to take it on the cards. I don't know. Yeah, and like listen, like like I said, I mean, the, if you're if you're betting, the value is a hundred percent on Kiko on, by stopping uh, on a Martinez. Yeah, a Martinez uh, plus three hundred. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's just been inconsistent the last you know whatever. Call it the last five years, like you know, a loss with then three wins, a loss then two wins, a loss three wins. You know, it just yeah, he's been so up and down. And like I said, like Warrington, just you know, whether it was, you know, I, I don't put a ton of stock in some of these like post COVID or like or mid we'll, we'll call it like mid like mid the bubble pandem- fights, mid pandemic bubble fights. Yeah, like just you know, it's you know, we've seen a lot of guys just not have good fights coming out of that, especially especially champions. So. um you know, I'm gonna. I thought Warrington looked better. I, you know, I had people say, "Oh, Warrington just did, Warrington looked like he was gonna get knocked out in 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 the, in the two rounds uh, that he had in Lar two. I I didn't think that was the case. Again, you can't tell much from two rounds, but uh, like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bet Josh Warrington shows up. And I, you know, I, either either way, whoever wins, you know, it it sets up an easy fight with. Uh, with Lee Wood, who's also rep, you know, I'm pretty sure he's repped with Matchroom. Um, yep. And DAZN. So unification there. And then that leaves, you know, that just leaves, uh, who do we have left then? 
Besides our boy El Termidor, who's got the El Termidor? I'm trying to think Navarrete 126. Did I mention that Kiko Martinez was was ranked seventh by ESPN and Warrington was ranked third? You did. The, yes, you okay. did. Sorry Excellent research. That. I'm trying to. You don't have that still open, do you? What the uh, the rankings? Uh, I'm just trying to think who's got the fourth belt. Uh, I do. Let me see. Like um, Santa Cruz, Santa Cruz is technically a champion, but it's like him and Lee Wood are like the you know the super and junior cha- like the same title holder. I can't think of who has the fourth belt. Uh, Lara. No, Lara. Meg- oh, Megsayo. Megsayo. Oh, uh, okay. That's right. He yeah. No, Gary Russell. Yeah. No, Lara did. That was, a, that was, uh, Warrington vacated the title before that fight even happened. That's right. Yeah. yeah so basically F Lara out of the, <laughs> out of the belt. Yeah. Yep. So, Okay. Next fight of the weekend. Burchelt. First time back. Oh, by the way, I did want to note Kiko Martinez. This is his fourth fight in 13 months, by the way. Love that. So staying active. Um, Burchelt versus Nakatila. Burchelt has not fought since the Valdez fight. That it's been, is been 100% th- accurate. So well over a, a year. Yeah, I was going to say it's been like a good 13, 13 plus 14 months. 13, 14 months, yeah. yeah. Um, Nakatila, uh, we saw him against Shakur. Uh, he actually has fought since then. I think he fought back in October, and he actually KO'd the next guy in two rounds. Um, this is on ESPN+. Plus. It's only 10 rounds. It's in Vegas, so it's going to be at 10 p.m. Uh, this is actually a step up for the, both those guys. They're both at 135 pounds now. Yes, um, yeah, they, yeah, it's formerly at 130. Yeah, it used to be 130. 10, 10 round fight. Um, Boo. I know. Um, How do you see this one going, Drew? Yeah, so we got Burchelt, 38-2, 34 KOs. Excuse me. 5'7", um, 71-and-a-half-inch seven, reach, and I always suck at the ages and why I don't see that stuff right there. Oh, <laughs> oh Burchelt doesn't have his age listed. Shocker. <laughs> uh, and then we got uh, Nakatelia. He is again 20, 22 and two with eighteen KOs. So they both have, you know, eighty five percent knockout percentage for Burchelt, seventy five percent for uh, for for Nakatilia. Um, he is he is thirty two years old, and his his uh, his measurables aren't on Burchelt is thirty on Boxrec, which is annoying. No, he they're is, not because he's he he comes out of Africa. And, like, a lot of the stuff, like, a lot of the info for these African fighters is, like, not available. I think like, it's, it's, I tried it's, to, it's... I tried to find the, the highlights of him knocking out this guy in two rounds, and, like, you just can't find him on the internet. I wonder like, if Burchelt doesn't crazy. have his, I wonder if Burchelt doesn't have his age listed, because he kind of wants to go back, and uh, he might want to go back and play, like, 13-year-old baseball soon. <laughs> uh, hey, listen, I, I think Burchelt's going to win. I think, uh... You know, he. I think Burchell. I, I forget the offensive stats to be honest with you, but I mean, he was among the top offensive. I like, want to say power, like 47 percent. Yeah, power uh, punch, power puncher yeah. accuracy. I, just and off like the very charts. low on defense. Yeah, and listen, it, this that, that wasn't his first loss. You know, like that that was his his first loss was to uh, Luis Luis Flores in his sixteenth fight. That was a that was a that was a he got he got knocked out in that fight. Um, and then he, you know, he reels off like 15 straight wins until he loses to Valdez. Listen, you know, Valdez fought the fight of his life. 
who knows what else might have been going on. You know, we talked about maybe Burchelt was weight trained. I don't I don't put as much stock in that. That to me that's on the fighter to be prepared. Um, you know. Valdez, that's been the one outlier at 130 where he's actually looked just phenomenal. You know, the, the stars, again, post-COVID, he was coming off COVID, Burchelt. Um, I, I think he's going to put on a show. I, I don't, I mean, watching Nakatilia against Shakur, which, listen, Shakur can make anybody look awful. Uh, he, he looked particularly awful at all times during that fight. Well, a fight you know what was weird, though, about that fight? That like, The feet? Feet, your feet. Well, that, but... Um, no, it's just that, like, Shakur respected his Nakatila's power. power, and, like, he, Nakatila, like, froze Shakur a lot, so, and, like, so I wrote down this, too, um, up until, like, their most recent fights, like, Burchelt had, oh, come on, notes, Burchelt had, like, uh, a six-fight KO streak going before Valdez. Nakatila had a ten-fight KO streak going before Shakur, and then he comes back and KOs the next guy. So, like, you know Burchelt's going to come forward. You know he's going to not barely play any defense. You know he's going to be throwing. You know Nakatila's going to be throwing. I think this match, like, you said you think it's going to be one-sided. I don't know. I I think it's, I'm not saying it's going to be one sided. I just I think Burchelt's going. I think Burchelt's going to beat him, and I think you know. I think Burchelt's going to knock him out, but I think it's going to yeah. be like kind of scary for a little bit. Like yeah, I mean, I think I think, gonna, I think, I think there's like, going to be a lot shit. of exchanges. Like, Burchelt... yeah, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean for it to come off that way. Um, oh, oh yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of exchanges. We're like holy, like I think Burchelt's going to catch him, but you're going to be like, dude, like that could have easily just swung Nakatila's way. Like if he would have got there like a split second sooner, like he could have got Burchelt. But, like, I think Burchelt's going to do, like, do him, like, that, just, like, a split second early and, and KO him, um, which I don't believe Nakatila's ever been. Yeah, KO'd, I mean, I, I, not having those last two rounds, I wouldn't be shocked if it goes to the cards. But, yeah, I, yeah I, I'm excited to see what Burchelt does. It'll, it'll be interesting. I mean, 135 just gets more and more interesting, um, you know, especially with, you know, Herring's supposed to be fighting in May at 135. Um, no, Nakatila's only had his only two losses were decisions. So um, I yeah, don't. I'm, I don't even know if he's been knocked down, but Burchelt's gonna just come forward. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming the winner of this will fight Jamel if Jamel wins whatever fight he's got going oh. on in May. Uh, well, because they they were is Jamel Her- gonna go up to 135 too? Herring's team was trying to get this fight with to get their next fight to be with Burchelt. Oh, that's at, right. Yeah. At 135 and I think I think they Burchelt's team wanted to get a uh a lighter Tuna. touch on the comeback fight <laughs> after the after the Valdez knockout. So, I think that's why they've gone in these directions, but if that if that's what happens, I mean it just it just makes sense. I mean, who like you know, I mean Lomachenko is their top rank. Um I don't I don't, you know, they wouldn't fight him at 130. I don't know why they would fight him at 135. Who? Because um, yeah, Burchelt wouldn't fight him at 130. Um, so I, you know, I don't, I don't know why he would fight him at 135 for when Loma comes back. I mean, he'll probably need somebody, but um, so it just makes a lot of sense for him and Herring then to to fight. Or I mean, unless if Stevenson if Stevenson beats Valdez in April and wants to move up, you got Burchelt Stevenson. That could be a great fight too. So a lot of good stuff again. Like again, that's why I feel bad for Xander because I'm like I don't know what they do. <laughs> they got so much talent at the at these these lower one thirty one thirty five yeah one twenty six even yeah they just yeah there's just nothing nothing in the middle. 
Yeah. Um, it's like a sandwich. It's like a compliment sandwich. <laughs> but yeah, dude, I I'm super excited for that fight. Like I I I maybe it's gonna be a dud, but like I kind of feel like we're nah, gonna see cool. some fireworks. I, it's gonna be a lot of action. <laughs> yeah, I I, I don't Could see a lot being, of action. I don't see it being boring. Um, no. which takes us to our third fight. Um, Tim Your time Zhu. To shine. Tim Zhu versus Terrell Gachet. Um, this is at 154. It's the zone. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It is uh, Showtime, 9 p.m. Um, I, I gotta say, I've been definitely late to the draw on Tim Zhu. Um, but this is his. He's ranked number fourth at 154 by ESPN. This is his fourth fight in 12 months. And he's come out and said, like, look, Canelo's fighting four times in 12 months, and he's the best in the biz. So, like, if he can do it and he's trying to set that standard, like, why can't we fight two or three or four times each? He's like, we, we got to hold. So, and I'll tell you what, Drew, watching this guy's – I don't know why I haven't been paying attention, but watching this guy's um, work, dude, he is just a ferocious body puncher. Like <laughs> – Two fights ago, he almost knocked the guy out on pure body punching. But then the the other thing he does is he has these like they're Tyson esque the way he like tucks his elbows in and, and fires off these these uppercuts mm-hmm. and he got the guy via uppercut. Um, his uppercuts are awesome. They he like they they come from a weird angle. They're they're ferocious. The body punching is great. He's a very active jabber. Uh, not an not necessarily an accurate jabber, but he's an active jabber. So um, I think that's going to come into play a lot versus this guy Terrell uh, Gachet. This guy Terrell Gachet is a thrower. He I like. I'm trying to. Uh, I'm trying to think who to compare him to. I, I don't know, but he he now neither one of these guys has a lot of head movement and gets off the line a lot, which is another reason why I think this has a chance to be more fireworks. Uh, this Terrell Gachet, man, he friggin' throws. Um, he has two losses. His two losses were to uh, uh, Lubin, who is, like, one of the top guys in the division. Um, and I forget the other one. But but Tim Zhu's 20-0. Uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sneaky, like, looking forward to the, this fight, too. Uh, like I said, that's, that is 9 p.m. Uh, on uh, – oops, wrong – thing here 9 p.m on on uh showtime um and tim zoo's another one that's out of uh australia yeah uh, the, the tim zoo's last fight was a unanimous decision over over Taka, uh, takeshi in a way um and it was he just mauled him he absolutely mauled him he, you know what i i, I was thinking about this note too he kind of reminds me of the um Oh, son of a... Who's who's the guy who always says the son of a bitch at 175? Uh, you should be embarrassed. It better I, be if, dude. Better... Uh, listen, me? Look, I, I, I told Drew, I made, I've been making hours of notes. My brain is fried. Thank you. But he's like the better be of 154. Is kind of like... He's not as a, big of a son of a bitch, but he's kind of like that. Um, So, yeah, I, I'm excited for that one. I, I want to see him do some massive body punching. Um, and I, which he could get caught by by Terrell Gachet, like he really could. But I I kind of expect him to just ball out. So looking forward to that one mm-hmm. as well. It's going to be a, a trio. Tr- like uh, wasn't wasn't that like an appetizer at Olive Garden once? Like a, like a oh like the a, uh, the Italian trio. No, that that was the tour of Italy. Tour there it is. 
What was that? Be... That was that was a lasagna, chicken parm, maybe. Oh, I don't know. I can't go for that. But this is gonna be the tour of yeah, their 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 actual like main courses sucked. It was all about the free the free salad and breadsticks. Oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent. God, they used to put those like giant like bell peppers in there. Mm. Wait, Mm-mm. bell peppers? No, they were uh, uh, pepperoncinis. Oh, well, call me ignorant and slap me silly. <laughs> uh... You know, I take pride in my accurate reporting. I know you do. Especially on vegetables. Um, all right, so that's it for boxing. Um, the only other news to report is that uh, the rumor is that Terrence Crawford has signed a contra- a two-fight contract with, what, PBC? He's coming for you, Errol. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know how accurate that is, but... Yeah, I don't know if it's accurate either, but... I mean, it would make, it would make sense. Interim fight with... Uh... Uh, one time, and then uh, if he wins, you know he goes and fights Spence Ugas. I mean, Spence Spence has been talking about going for undisputed, so you know we'll we'll certainly see who uh, who holds that fight up if he beats. People are just writing off Ugas. I don't know why. I, I think I think they're crazy. Like I know how good Earl Spence is, but damn man, dude, Ugas Ugas is like just a tricky little fighter, dude. Yeah, I know. I can't wait for that. I, I, I that like yeah. that's that's gonna be a hell of a fight. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree. I can't wait for that either. So, okay, um, I, that, but that's about it in boxing. Yeah, yeah, we don't need to talk about it. Any any sadness about our guys? What guy? Oh, with with the uh, Ukrainians? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, that's okay. Let's not talk about it. Yeah, it was pretty um, sad. Okay, March Madness. Nailed it. Nailed it. Our bracket was awesome. Did I I, I was so tempted to, to post the live video of me just lighting a match to our bracket after the first day. Crushed it. <laughs> what are you talking about? We crushed it. <laughs> so many people messaged us. They're like, yeah, we listened to the pod after the first round. Yikes. Oh, <laughs> oh classic. Um... Yeah, so uh, our bracket's busted, but uh, man, I, this is so. Gonzaga just lost. That's what the second or third number, second number one that's gone. Correct. Uh, ba- Baylor lost. Now Gonzaga, and I mean Kansas and um, Arizona are gonna have a tough road. Villanova just made their way to the Elite Eight. Um, what were some other things that that All surprised right. well, let's, you? Let's let's let's. Yeah, let's let's take it this way. You want to do what's kind of surprises first, or some things that we kind of hit on here? I want to do whatever you want to do. All right, listen. So lead me to the promised land, we, baby. We, I, we were both pretty accurate that we we talked about Gonzaga being a shake being shaky this year compared to last year, and weren't weren't going to be surprised. You know, we reluctantly had them in the final four, but weren't going to be surprised if they didn't make it out of. Um, the second round, depending on their matchup with Memphis and Boise State, whoever won that. Memphis, Memphis gave them a run for their money. They were up ten points, and they just uh, they just couldn't hold on. So listen, we didn't have you know the road to get there might not have been smooth for us, but you know we were. I feel like we had Gonzaga pegged. Just low basketball IQ. We were talking about it before the pod in the pre-show. Um, <laughs> pre-show, right? Uh, 
<laughs> Our pre-shows are legendary. Yeah, it's like, you know, they're they're big. So they got a terrible whistle in this game. I mean, they called Holgram for three ridiculous fouls, which is why college refs just, just continue to get a terrible reputation for themselves. But, like, Tinney just is, you know, having, having his way down there. And these, like, guards that are a combined four for 24 just keep chucking up threes. And I'm like, what? Like, Tinney should be touching the ball every possession to try to make something happen down low or to get you a better shot and they just went away from that in this game and they just weren't hitting threes so you know not a shock Baylor we also had pegged that they you know we said Baylor North Carolina was going to be a really tough second round matchup for Baylor and uh, the classic if Car- if if Carolina makes shots they'll win <laughs> comment from last week oh, yeah. but that was right listen it was a crazy game uh, Carolina goes up 26 talk uh, about break- bad refereeing yeah <laughs> Bray Manic throws an elbow, going for a rebound on a box out. Listen, did he did he give it a little extra oomph because that you know fake Rodman freshman on Baylor was agitating the entire Carolina team all game and you know being dirty and pushing and shoving? Yeah, probably. But I, I didn't think it was you know I, I didn't think that was it was not a, that was not an ejection. I, yeah, I agree. I, I I get it. They the reason they do that is because it's like if they don't call if they don't eject you on that one, how do they eject anybody for an elbow to the head? But I, I, I think you got to use common sense there. Um, after he goes out, that was like during the play, and it was like not. I, I listen. I, it wasn't I agree. A wild I, swing. You don't have to tell me, man. Um, and then after that ejection, just a complete avalanche by Baylor um, cuts a twenty-six lead down to three, and they eventually tie it before regulation ends. And yeah, I. Completely horrendous ref- officiating. It was after, like Listen, after. If the- you're gonna lose a 25 point lead in 10 minutes, everything has to. Everything. Has everything to go has to go you. wrong. You, you well, have to Manic- play idiotically. <laughs> you have to miss shots. You have to not get rebounds. You have to. You have to lose all the calls, and the other team has to get hot. I mean, and all Man- of that yeah. happened at once. Manic, who had 26 points when he got ejected. <laughs> Excuse me. He's shooting like seventy percent from three and like eighty percent from two in the tournament. So they they're not deep. They don't they they play their starters the entire second half. So Carolina is not deep. They lose him. Um, they lose Buddy Love fouls out of the game with five minutes to play. So they're basically playing with only three like three guys that play regular minutes against the defending national champions. Um, Listen, they, they they coughed up the ball a lot, and but there there the officials basically just let Baylor get away with murder the last eleven minutes of the game. Like they didn't call a single foul in their traps. Like, it, it it was it was pretty embarrassing. But Carolina in the overtime, when I think everybody counted them out once that game went to overtime, uh, Styles comes out hits a hits a huge three, and I think that just calmed everybody down, and they they pulled away. Um, so that was funsies. Um, what else? Uh, seat Hall. <laughs> Just embarrassing. Losing by 30 to a nine seed. That's great. Um, obviously, St. Peter's is the talk of the tournament, right? So, St. Peter's, uh, Jersey City. Shout out to all of our boys from Jersey City and listeners up there. Uh, Shaheen Holloway, former Seton Hall legend, coaching the Peacocks. They upset Kentucky, who was – they were a two seed and a prohibitive favorite to get to the final four. I feel like most experts and brackets that we've seen had Kentucky. Well, that was not my only one the... bet of the tournament where I was like, this is easy money. I, yeah. I took, I put a hundred bucks on Kentucky to make the elite eight. And I was like, of course they're going to make the elite eight. Like that's, that's when they'll start to get tested. And I was like, I, I couldn't believe it. They, they lost the first round. Uh, 
insane. And I mean, Doug Doug Edderton Manny is all over the place now. Um, this guy who looks like Howard Howard Wallowitz. With you a nailed mustache. that. That was a great yeah, Howard Wallowitz with a mustache, like the actor when he doesn't have to have the Beatles haircut. <laughs> uh, just insane. And uh, dude, they just then they go in and you know they get a little lucky because they're they're playing Murray State, which is a good that's a good team. But you know they they're getting a seven seed, so they're going from a two to a seven. So step down in competition. But man, they just they this team does not get rattled. They don't get phased. They run their offense to death. They run a lot of like pro we'll call it pro pro sets. Uh, what's that like running an offense um, with don't actual know. plays and screens and back cuts? Don't uh, don't ask me. And man, defensively, they are just sound. They play physical. They play hard. They play tough. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's pretty wild, man. Um, and now they're going up against Purdue. I do think that the size of Purdue is going to give them trouble because they're basically kind of a lot of like six, seven, six, eight guys um, that are long, athletic, play hard. So I do think the size of Purdue will uh, give them trouble. But you know what? F it. St. Pete's, put them in the Elite Eight. Put them in straight in. Put them in. Elevator um, to the top. Yes. Agreed. It's going to be fan friggin tastic uh, Although we are the kiss of death, so put all your money on Baylor. <laughs> um, any other surprise? People or, are surprised yeah. about Houston. What, what I'm I say? Not... Baylor? Um, not Baylor. Text, uh, help me out. What would you just say? Houston? That, no. Friggin. Uh, <coughs> I don't have the bracket in front of me. Friggin St. Pete's. Who, who they got? They've got oh they they play Purdue. Thank you Purdue. God bless. And then you. and then it, they they play the or the winner of that game plays the winner of huh, my the game my big circle game tomorrow night UCLA North Carolina. Uh the story the storied that could uh, be a final four game. That's great. Yeah, and I listen. I think it's both two teams that um you know have have played have played better towards the end of the season here. Um, especially North Carolina, who started out this. It's embarrassing that North Carolina Twitter um, <laughs> was calling for Hubert Davis's job after like nine games, and then after the Duke blowout in uh, in Chapel Hill. And I'm like, are 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 we insane? Is this where we are now? Like <laughs> the first year coach just like is is getting already calling for his job. I'm like, what are we doing? Not a good. And uh, he just right, you know, he he rattles off like 13 out of 15 wins. Beats Duke now. Beats Baylor. Um, I kind of like Carolina tomorrow night. I maybe I'm just being biased because I love I love the heels. I don't know. Like UCLA's like really struggle to score the basketball and Jin. God, I'm gonna call him Jin Yang again. No, Johnny Juzang. <laughs> yeah, Johnny Juzang. He's like struggled, man. He's he, he's had a tough tournament for a guy that was you know putting up 30 points regularly last year to the point where we're like. Is he gonna leave? Should he leave and go to the draft? Uh, he hasn't been great. The little I call him little, you know, little sideshow Bob. The little yeah, point guard. He's Bob got the crazy, yeah. yeah, has the crazy hair. He's kind of been there. He's been there, uh, like rock here to to get him through a couple of these games. So I, I like Carolina to win just because I think that they're gonna. I just I don't know that UCLA is gonna find a way to score more. I mean, defensively they've been really good, but <laughs> don't know if they're gonna find a way to. Score more points than the other team. I just don't. I'm just. There try- it is again. Like, there like, it if, is. like if Ju Zhang just isn't scoring the ball, I'm just like, what are they gonna do? And they're uh, the other clown, the guy, the guy who looks like uh, friggin' McLo- McLovin with the headband. Uh, 
he hurt his ankle pretty badly at the end of uh, the last game. So I, I I still don't know what his status is. But that's probably the the game of games and, and the one that we got going on right now. Texas Tech Duke. Texas Tech's up eight two early. Uh, I'm oh, a, really? I'm, I got the other channel on Houston and uh, Arizona is about to start. Yeah, I I, I love the Red Raiders, man. Um, I I just I love the way they play. I I, I hope they just end Coach K's uh Coach K's career here tonight. Uh, and the other, the other team that people people are surprised that Houston has gotten this far. I'm not. I, I I like Houston too, man. I like the way they play. The team like they they get like fifteen. It's 16. another team where like I was just on their bandwagon so hard, and then this year I was like, eh, they hurt me every year. I, I'm just not gonna take them to the Final Four. But yeah, I, I mean they're missing. I mean they're missing. They're missing. They're missing two of their best players too. I think, and they're still winning. Um, I just again, I just I like the way they play, man. Um, old school. They crash the boards. They got again athletes, you know, good athletes, good defenders. Um, I always forget. Is it is it Samson? Samson's the coach, right? Yes. Yeah. Where where was he Calvin before? Was Calvin. he Oklahoma? Was he Oklahoma before? Yes. Yeah, I mean he's a good coach. Uh, I I really like them. I'm trying to think if there's any Arizona TCU was probably the game one of the games of the tournament. That thing went to overtime, which was nuts. Yeah. Um. Like if can <laughs> Villanova is probably just gonna win it all. Let's just let's just be real. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. They're gonna they're gonna get Kansas in the final four, and they own, Kansas just can't beat Villanova ever. Yeah. Anything else so, on the tournament? Uh, I mean, I think you did a good job. Auburn, but... Auburn was shocking. Auburn yeah. going down. I don't have I don't have the bracket in front of me. I guess I could pull it off my phone instead of being a jabron. No, that's all right. Now I'm rhyming apparently. No, I'm just saying. I mean, Auburn losing was pretty surprising. I gotta, I gotta say. Um, yeah, right. Especially to Miami. That was another one though. Like they yeah, were Miami. They were, like what is that? about? They were down eight and ten, and like instead of instead of just attacking the basket in the penalty, just chucking up bad threes. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? Like Bruce Pearl What's again. He doing just in a, there? Yeah, uh, just another brain fart. Uh, I'm just trying to think. Like, who else? Is there Notre else? Dame is an 11 seed. I I picked 11 seeds and all this crap. I just picked all the wrong ones. Yeah, that's just kind of the way it goes. Tennessee losing early, yeah, exactly. Of course, because and that's kind of what happened. Michigan was the team who honestly did not deserve to make it to be in this tournament, and they beat the hottest team in the country. Which that that seems to happen every year. You have that that situation. Um. Yeah, so Tennessee was a trendy Elite Eight Final Four team. They go out early. Providence Cannons. I'm, I'm curious. I don't. I don't know how that game's gonna go. I'd love to see Ed Cooley win. Right, that would um, be great. I just. I don't know. I think. I think Kansas actually. Number ten Miami versus number eleven Iowa State. Ew, crazy. Like one of those teams gonna make the Elite Eight. Like okay. I yeah, <laughs> just, they, somehow I oh, Iowa sure. State sure, Iowa State not? finally decided to like win tournament games. Yeah, they've right? been the, like, they've okay. been the classic like oh my god this team's this team can't be stopped offensively let's just ride them to the elite eight and every year we do that they lose in the first round to like uh, a double digit seed and now well, they are the double digit they're, seed they're, their round of thirty two team was a was a uh, Big Ten team so I mean whatever yeah I mean yeah the Big Ten uh, no I mean they they performed better uh, better than last year getting two teams in the uh, Sweet sixteen but that's not really saying much to be honest with you. Yeah. So. Um. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on that as as the tournament progresses. I don't. I don't really have much else. How about you? You did a good job covering all that. Good job reading them off. Yeah. If I had to guess, high level Final Four. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll 
Texas Tech, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand by it that they beat Duke here tonight. I'm gonna go Texas Tech. I'm gonna go North Carolina and be a homer. I'm F it. I'm gonna take Ed Cooley in Providence. Let's go. And fuck it. And Villanova is somehow going to beat friggin' Arizona. So North Carolina. I'm gonna go Air- Carolina. Texas Tech. Okay. Arizona. Or sorry, Villanova. And Providence. Let's go. That is your final four. All Big East Championship? You mean all Big East Final Four? Providence and Nova are lined up on the same side of the bracket. Oh, I was why did I think Providence was to the left? My bad. I don't know. Um could be could be Duke. Wait, could you imagine if it was Providence Nova on one side and Duke UNC on the other? Because that's still that's still there. That'd be kind of gross. I I'd love it. That would be like. I wonder if that's ever happened before. Yeah, it has. Has like, it? In, yeah, in the eighties, there was like three Big East teams that made the. Well, no, I'm saying no. I'm saying we're on one side of the bracket. You had one conference, uh, and, and the other, on the other side of the bracket. Yeah, you had the oh, other. that I'm not. Yeah, I'm that's not what sure I'm saying. Of. Like you had you had two conferences dueling it out in the final four. Hmm. I'd I'd love it, I'd love it. Except, it, except would you? It, would you love it? Yeah, except when it would be North Carolina Villanova, and I have to watch Villanova beat UNC for the second time in a national title game and vomit. Oh man, that would be wild. Game still gives me nightmares. Yeah, like this is what happened. Why? Like Houston will somehow upset Arizona tonight, and then it's just like the path is just there for Nova. Like it, it's it's it'll be just there. <laughs> I'm just gonna be like you. You this, just you just this, being flabbergasted over Nova's. This team that plays five. This this to. team this year they play five freaking guys and Diakono's shitty brother, and they're gonna go to the they're gonna go to the final four. It's just it's just insane to me. It's so insane. They just don't make mistakes. I a day. I'm with you. I'm with you, bro. That's a charge. All oh, right, get out of here. Let's move on from from March Madness before we go insane. Um, oh yeah, sorry. You're good. Um. Uh, Next order of business. I told you we have a lot in beer one. We're forty nine minute plus minutes in. We're now getting to the NFL trades and 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 the moves. So I mean, there's just a flurry of activity. There's so much flurries. I got it all. You want it? I I, I do too. Go ahead. You oh. you go. Uh all right. Let's so, start with Deshaun, right? Um. I wasn't going to do it in order. I was just going to do it on what I have in front of me. Okay. Uh, sure. Go ahead. So, Matt Ryan. I'm going to go low To the Colts. Pool. Matt Ryan traded from the Falcons to the Colts. For a third rounder. For a third rounder. Thoughts on that trade? It's fine. I, I think the Falcons needed to move on. The Colts are it's their fifth year in a row. They're looking for a Band-Aid. So, I mean, whatever. Matt Ryan statistically was actually... Worse than Carson Wentz last year. I was gonna say. I would say he's probably, maybe statistically worse, but they're right in that same like bandwidth, like same, like, uh, what am I trying to say? They're in that. Uh, They're in the same tiering, basically, right now. Same tier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, listen, maybe Ryan, maybe Ryan does better. I the one thing I'll say about the Colts, like this Colts defense is super overrated. Let's not forget they gave up three seventy-plus yard scoring touchdown drives to the Jaguars in that week eighteen. Right, week to not make the playoffs. Yeah, to not make the play. Yeah, like they gave those drives up to the to the Jags. So. Uh, I I basically just give it a C. It's like okay, like whatever. Third rounder, 
didn't yeah. do much. Um, Khalil Mack traded. Who? Khalil Mack. Oh, Khalil Mack. Oh, yeah, right. Um, I don't know if you have that in front yeah. of you. If not, that's fine. But I did not have it in front of me. But yeah, what? Uh, what was the? Um, what was the compensation? I don't have that information in front of me. I just have. I just have all the moves. All right, that was out to uh, the Chargers, right? Yes. And they signed. They picked up other other dudes too. Their defense on defense. Their defense is gonna be wild. <laughs> well, they're they're gonna they're gonna need it because Russell Wilson traded to the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Um. Look, I Denver gave up a lot to get them, but it seems like they're ready to win now. I mean, they they got great receivers, an explosive running back. Whose whose new coach might actually like him? Yeah. Um, defensively, they have pieces, and correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't they the ones that have Patrick Sertan the third? Who he got injured, right? So they have Sertan. They've got Sutton. They've got Noah or not Noah Font. Um, they got Judy. Yeah, I mean they're gonna. They got uh, tons of offensive weapons, and they got. I mean they got some pieces on defense too. So. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Uh, what um, else you got? We talked about Brady unretiring, which is funny. We did. Um, I, we made, we just mentioned it about just how, whether or not it, it's, it's, um, it was kind of ridiculous that he retired for no reason. Oh, like yeah, announced right. it and then didn't, but, but now he's back for net resigns with, with the bucks too this week. Um, Amari Cooper got traded too. Got traded from Dallas to the the Cleveland Browns for a fifth round pick, something like that. Yeah, not that much. Yeah, not a ton. Um, Robert Woods got traded to the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, good call. Forgot about for that a one. sixth round pick. People are kind of like a lot of teams were, you know, like I know a lot of Eagles fans were kind of like, well, why didn't we trade? They, why didn't they trade for Woods? Well, aside from the fact that you have a quarterback that can't throw. It's kind of like, like Woods is coming off an ACL, right. so he's, he's, he's probably not going to start injury. the year. And he, make, and he makes a lot of money, so mm-hmm. I didn't think, you know. I mean, yeah, maybe you want to take a flyer on him for a six-round pick. Why not? But it's not, you know, it's not like It's not like does. you plug him in and he's Robert Woods right away, and it's like you don't know what you're getting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Deshaun Watson. Which, by the way, Tennessee cut Julio. Cut Julio, which, yeah, I mean, that didn't really work out. I wonder where he's going to sign, and I wonder how much he's going to cost. He'll, he'll end up on like the Patriots or the Chiefs. Will, maybe the Chiefs will pick him up. The Bucks. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, the Bucks, good one. That actually makes sense. Um, or maybe maybe the Packers. Um, yeah. Deshaun Watson was traded from Houston to Cleveland for a, a million picks, and he. How much was his extension? Five years, two hundred thirty million, fully yeah. guaranteed. Yeah. And they they even rigged it so in the year that he's going to be suspended year 1 his base salary is only a million bucks. Yeah. I mean <laughs> winning I uh, dude, just crazy. Guy didn't play all year. It's he basically got a got a year's paid vacation and uh yeah, man. Insane. And cashed in. Uh Von Miller signed a 120 million dollar deal with the Buffalo Bills. Whew, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Devontae Adams traded tr- traded from the Green Bay Packers to 
our favorite one-minute man's team, the Govs, Oakland, or Vegas, Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, I mean, reunited with his college buddy. Was that um, Fresno State, right? Uh, yeah, and it's five years, $141 million. Uh, and like half of that's guaranteed, something like that. Um, I don't know. It's a lot of money for a wide receiver. I guess not this year, but the following year, the cap's due to explode. But like, I guess because friggin' we're gonna have to watch games on friggin' Amazon this year and like all kinds of bullshit, just because Roger Goodell knows no bounds of like pissing off fans just for the sake of money. <laughs> um, so you know, enjoy watching it on the friggin' <laughs> friggin' uh, Al Michaels and Kirk Herb Street on the Amazon app. Like, ta-da! Happy Thursday. Yeah. Like, why are we playing football games on Thursday for for eighteen friggin' weeks? Give me a break. In foreign countries, like come, on. Yeah. like how much more of a whore can you get for just like any <laughs> last dime? And it's like the obviously the players don't like the players are like yeah we're just, our body's gonna be ravaged whatever just give us more money so we could sign for two hundred thirty million guaranteed what like then they'll complain about how the the you know the NFL doesn't care about their safety but meanwhile they're just signing just ungodly contracts so whatever mean meanwhile uh, it's here's me trying to like download the friggin Amazon app on my TV so I could watch a friggin Thursday night game <laughs> I'm thrilled by the way everybody will watch everybody will watch why so that's why the NFL has no has no, they have no competition that's why they can do what they want uh, that's why people who are like complaining about like oh bad look for the NFL for uh Deshaun Watson to get this contract it's like Dude, we all know you're gonna watch. Shut up. And no, yeah. Teddy, I'm not calling you out specifically. I know, like you were just bringing up the like in our group <laughs> chat what other people were saying. I am not calling you out. But like the national media types, like this, this is disgusting. This is disgusting. These are the same people who are gonna be tweeting friggin' Monday night, about it Tuesday night, Thursday yeah, night, it's Saturday like if you, night. If you really whatever the problem, hell yeah. Goodell decides to put on a game in friggin' Mexico City, yeah. these people are gonna be tweeting about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, look at these metrics from Russell Wilson. It's like okay, just so so you you hate the NFL for you know signing people who are in legal trouble. But then you're just gonna just be a whore. Okay, yeah, you're whatever. gonna yeah, you're gonna 100 profit your ratings off off of off of the uh, the football yeah. league, right? Yeah, it's, exactly. It's hilarious. Yeah, so anyway. every, every, every everybody's a, a phony horse and man. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, your and then the last and... the last I think this is the last one. Um, we'll talk about the ACUS. Out of nowhere, yesterday, uh, extension talk stalled with the Chiefs and Tyree Kill. And they told him, you know what? Go see if you can find a trade. And uh, the Jets and the Dolphins were ready to pony up. And my God, did the Miami Dolphins pony up? And Woo! five, five draft picks for Ty for Tyree Kill. I think it's two first, right? And then uh, I think it's three first. Oh, three? Yeah. Wow. And then uh, uh and then four some, years, uh, one hundred thirty million. <sighs> oh man. We're we're gonna we're gonna find out who really was the uh, the engine that made the Chiefs' offense go here at this point. Like, um, how can you friggin' pay a receiver that much? Four, especially four years, especially, especially when you really don't know if your quarterback's any good. Ah, dude, I yeah, right? uh, it's kind of nuts. I, I don't I don't know. Uh, I 
I mean, for the Chiefs, uh, like I get it. Like you don't want to pay. You know, the Devontae Adams contract has kind of thrown everything out of loop now for what some of these wide receivers are going to make. You know, I think they're they're looking at it as listen, Kelsey's really the guy, and we can we can fit in these other wide receivers around him. And we'll still have these mismatches. We still have Mahomes. It's really good. Let's let's stock up on our draft picks now, um, and just you know try to get some cheap talent in the door to just continue to to build and progress where we're going. I, so I get it. I get not 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 breaking the bank there for for Tyree Kill because um, people that a lot of people are like, oh, the Chiefs are going to stink now. Like he's what made them special. Like Kel- Like let's not forget. Like Jason Kelsey is just an insane Travis, Travis Kelsey. Sorry, sorry, Travis Kelsey. Um, I mean, he. I don't even know how you guard him. Like, <laughs> he yeah, just is I mean, open. Look, they they just need. They, they signed Juju to a lot cheaper. They did. Juju is not Tyreek Hill. No. But no. um, I mean, all they they just need to get speed to take the top off. But he's a good, he's he's a good, he's a, he's a solid NFL. He's a wide very receiver. solid NFL wide receiver. He they just need to um, they they just need someone with speed to take the top off the safeties, and then they'll be fine. Uh, I, I pulled this up. I misspoke. It's not three uh, first-rounders. It's yeah. uh, the uh, one first-rounder, the 29th pick, a second-rounder, which is the 50th pick, a fourth-round pick, plus a fourth and a sixth in next year's draft. So it's actually okay. only one first-rounder. So it was All right. I thought it was a two. Fir- yeah, so a first, a second, a fourth, and then a fourth and a sixth next year. Yes. Yeah. Um, when we all know that they weren't so- going to be able to sign him anyway. So they, oh, they could have. Well, they could have, but it was like you know we're not gonna. Yeah, I mean, and and pay like yeah. their wide receiver and their quarterback what a combined seventy million. Like yeah, it's just it's just it's just that. insane. Um, so the AFC West now. <laughs> so the Chiefs, like we said, they trade, they trade Tyree Kill. This is all in the last two weeks. Trade Tyree Kill. They got a bunch of draft picks now. Uh, Russell Wilson is now in the Broncos. The Raiders now have Devontae Adams. And the Chargers loaded up on defense. The Mac trade. And I forget some of the other guys they signed. I should know. I apologize. Uh, who do you like in the AFC West right now based on those moves? <laughs> Why do you got to ask me? I'm obviously going to get it wrong. I, I mean, I, I, um... I, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to call the goof. <laughs> Yeah, phone a friend. Um, can I just say the Chargers? So you like you like the Chargers for loading up on defense, huh? I I just I just think Herbert's destined for things. Um, I also I always liked Russell Wilson, and like I think they're like in the next five years, I'd say Chargers is most likely to win a Super Bowl. Most, uh, you know. Most, biggest impact next year, I'd say the Broncos, just because Russell yeah. Wilson and all those pieces are ready now. The Raiders are like it's one wide receiver, so like they're it definitely makes them better, but like how much better? Like they went from having no wide receiver ones or twos to having one of the best. So yeah, I that that's gonna help Waller for sure because Waller was just not well, getting. Well, he needs whatsoever. he needs to yeah he needs to bounce back big time. Um, I I I if I gun to my head I I'm with you I I, I think the Broncos uh, and I, I I don't think it's just next year I I think they didn't give up a ton in my opinion 
to yeah, get Russell Wilson. They didn't Wilson. mortgage the future. They didn't mortgage the future, considering the fact that a lot of posi- a lot of guys like they already have young talent in place that you'd be using some of these picks on, and you have to get the court like they would be using these picks on fly on quarterbacks trying to get the quarterback right so yeah. they traded that away and they got the quarterback so really it's a matter of like is is Russ really on a on a huge decline or is it just more of it would, it just kind of was time in Seattle just you know they were at that point where they they needed to re retool and the way to do that was to kind of move on from Wilson you know mutually um with with the with those two parties I mean, you have, again, you have Russell Wilson, you have Javante Williams, and again, a coach, a new coach who, who might like him and actually give him the ball. Uh, tons of young, young wide receivers. Um, and you have guys you can move. Like, yeah, like, you can move some of those guys. I mean, look at what some of these teams are paying for wide receivers, for God's sakes. Like, you could even move one of those guys. And the defense is solid. You know, I mean, they got rid of, you know, obviously they traded away Von Miller, but the defense was still really good after Von Miller left last year. Yeah. So I, I I think Denver is the team to beat in the AFC West. I know that's silly, and people would say, well, it should be the Chiefs. Um, I I just think that the Chiefs defense they're is, losing the they're losing the honey badger. They're gonna lose likely. the badger. Um, um, you know, I still think they're gonna win ten like ten games because Andy Reid just that's what he does. He wins nine nine to eleven yeah, exactly. games without yeah. losing his sleep. But yeah, I think the Broncos. We'll have the favorable schedule. We'll have a favorable schedule, and I think they're. Uh, I think they're the team to beat. Raiders. Their defense stinks. They're, they're all going to be good again. Yeah, except the Chargers because their 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 coach is going to go for it on fourth and three on their own twenty. <laughs> yeah. So. Fourteen seven Houston. Villanova's <laughs> going to the finals. God, Jo. Uh, slap me, slap me silly, and call me Shirley. Okay, I could do that. Um, which leads us to the NHL trade deadline, right? Sure. I know you were all over it on Monday, right? Yep. Um, yeah, anyway, so we had the NHL trade deadline on Monday. Um, I threw out a couple guys that I was looking to see w- what would happen. Um, so... Just kind of recapping what I was looking for. Um, Giroux. They let him play his 1,000th game with Philly. And then he got sent to Florida with two prospects and a fifth rounder for a first rounder in 2024 or 2025. There's a, there's like a um, qualifier with that. And, and a third rounder in 2023. I don't know. I feel, like, I feel like Florida gave up a lot for a rental. And plus, like... Giroux's what thirty four? Like he he hasn't been unproductive, but like, and I know he's considered a top six guy. Now, yeah, he is a top six guy, but like, ah oh, man, I don't know. I don't know if that's I, that felt like a lot to me. But it definitely makes them better. Definitely helps. And they're if they're kind of like not only are they in win now mode, they're more like if not now when mode. <laughs> So they kind of are like pushing the chips. So um, I know they made a couple other moves. I think they they picked up a top four defenseman as well. So uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, I don't know if these are moves made out of pressure or like like I said, they're kind of pushing the chips, like being ballsy. But I mean, hell, they got a good as chance as ever. Uh, another guy I said was Flurry. Where's he gonna go? He got sent to Minnesota for a second round pick that could in 
turn into a first-round pick. Um, that seems like a little bit high as well. But Minnesota really needed uh, the goalie help. They have Cam Talbot, um, not necessarily a strong performer down the stretch or in the playoffs. Um, so, uh, you know, that now they got two veterans, a goal. Um, they're not as high-flying as some of these other teams out west, but, like, they just play so friggin' tough. And, like, they're, they're going to win a playoff series that, like, we don't expect them to win. And, like, Flurry. And the tandem of Flurry and Talbot is probably good enough to do that. So uh, we'll keep an eye out there. Patrick Kane I, and Kessel I had my eye on. They, they're staying put. Um, a little bit more surprising on the Kessel front. I, I don't think he got traded. I, I, I meant to double-check that. But I remember reading people were like, oh, why didn't Kessel get moved? Um, yeah, no, I don't, he didn't. Did the button go with the sweater? No, he didn't get moved, which I, which was just strange. Um, anyway, the Kraken. I wanted to see what they did. They just dumped pretty much everybody. I'm pretty sure Giordano went to uh, um, the Maple Leafs. Um, they got a ton of picks. They're basically going the Miami Dolphins route of just, like, stockpiling picks. It's a lot riskier in the NHL, though, because, like, not those picks don't always, like, pan out. So we'll see what happens with the Kraken. They, uh, they, maybe they could parlay those picks into like other things um then just some things that caught my eye uh the flames picked up a handful of solid forwards um i'm looking at it and i'm like yeah they're still probably behind the avalanche uh but they're actually second out west they're leading their division um surprised me a little bit but you know they're just riding the wave of that that young dude uh mr eat bread manjapana they got johnny hockey out there lighting it up and then lindholm and kachuk they're gonna have four 30 goal scorers this year so i mean anything can happen in the playoffs but like like i just said minnesota is like a team that's gonna knock somebody off who like they probably shouldn't have and like kind of wonder if that's them um I kind of wondered if that's them the biggest surprise though was the blackhawks trading 23 year old brandon hagel Hagel, Hagel, who already has 21 goals so far, isn't that a guy they should be building around instead of trading? Like, ah, that was strange. I mean, I'm sure... You should build around that guy. 23... You remember um, Real Men of Genius, the uh, Budweiser? Real yes. Men of Genius. Yeah. Shouldn't you build around that guy? Uh, yeah, anyway, that's what I was thinking. Who's that guy? <laughs> Here's to you, podcast of the two beers. Maybe next week we'll do the whole podcast, like, singing verses. <laughs> Burchill knocked his block off in the eighth Real, round. We'll just play yeah. the Real Men of Genius song over and over again. Anyway, that's all I got for the NHL trade deadline. Who's, uh, who's, who's winning see. the cup? Gun to your uh, head. Who's winning the cup? Who's winning the cup? Uh, gun to my head. I, I everyone wants to say Carolina. I I can't pick a team that has Frederick Anderson as their goalie winning the cup. Even though he's been really good, I just I don't know. I'm not doing it. Not doing who's it. winning Someone the cup? Come on. It. After the trade deadline, who's the favorite to win the cup? Avalanche. Boom. Doing it. Next. I, I picked them last year. I don't. I can't remember who I picked this year. But uh. All right. NBA catch and shoot, Drew. That's where we're at. 
I'm gonna okay. here here here's the rock I'm tossing you. Okay. Why the frig are all of these NBA guys cussing out fans? Um, I don't know, dude. I, I like I just I don't get it. It's like why are you? Why are you? You're in the middle even of the engaging. Game. Like, why are you even engaging? Why are you even get? Yeah. Why why are you even focused on what like a nine like? And the latest thing was this nine year old is like yelling stuff to Nurkic like trying to goad him. And, like, Nurkic goes up to him after the game, gets in his face, and then, like, the kid, it's funny because the kid doesn't back down from him, and then Nurkic takes his phone and, like, throws it. It's like, what What do you what, what do you even care what this stupid nine-year-old dork with glasses is saying? Like, I I don't know, man. Like, I, listen, unless somebody's, like, you know, tossing some slurs at you, like, who cares? Like, I, I just, I, I don't get it. Like, KD, KD curses out a, a Nets fan who's just, like, supporting him two weeks ago he's like yeah. he's like katie you need to take over the game man and he's like you need to shut the fuck up it's like what what is wrong with you i, I don't know man like i you know people people are like oh well, what if uh what if what if you had people yelling at you during your jobs like if you want to pay me and have if you want to give me a hundred bucks and you want to come yell at me while i'm doing taxes hey hell yeah come come <laughs> right like, come, I, come I on do, over I man do it for like 10 grand forget like I'm, yeah, I mean, we got like dude, ten million. <laughs> I mean, it's just insane. I, I don't know why they're they're just locking in on this on on this all of a sudden. Cuss like, out my like my I don't know. Family, like, do you think? And maybe it wasn't. Maybe we didn't catch it as much back then. But like, I, I don't remember these massive stories of you know Patrick Ewing and and these guys yelling at fans. Like, you you think those guys didn't get crazy shit yelled at them? Tori? I'm sure it was a thousand times. <laughs> things were a thousand times worse back then. Uh, I think you I brought would see it up before. One occasionally, you wouldn't see like five in a week. Yeah, like, I, I always use J.J. Redick as an example. I mean, people are basically yelling the most obscene things about his mother and his sister uh, on the road in college basketball, and instead of even engaging with the fans, he would just drop 40 on them and then look at them. Like, that's kind of what you should do. I, it's nuts. I, I, I'm I glad they find Nurkic 40,000 and the, the players responding, oh, that fan, why is Nurkic getting blamed? The kid said something about his grandma who passed away. It's like... Hey, dude, like, do you think this kid knows anything? Like, he's just, like, trying to, like, heckle. Like, it's, it's a fan. Like, who right. cares? I, maybe I'm just old. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a loser and I don't get it, but it, it's just nuts. Yeah. Like, Charles Barkley agrees with you. I, I just don't get it. And, like, to go up to the kid and throw his phone, I'm like, what what are you doing? If I were so, that, if so I were what that, if that kid. What if that fan punched him in the nuts after that? Like, so who's, whose fault is that? Uh, well, that'd be the fan's fault for, for actually physically touching him. But, but the, he, if I, he touched the fan first. He grabbed the kid's phone and threw bro, it. Bro, if I, if I were that nine-year-old, I would just be suing Nurkic for uh, emotional damage. <laughs> like, I, I I would take that guy to the cleaners, dude, and just be a loser. It's just nuts to me. I, I don't get it. I Some of these dudes, man, I got, listen, I hope you... Uh, like I just take the fans out though. Let's I I'd love for the because people that you know that are like oh like the fans this and that they we should they should have a budget. Like listen, we're gonna go fanless. Here's we you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna be able to play in these big arenas because we can't afford the rent unless we own them. Here's what your here's what your salaries are gonna look like when we do that. I guarantee you all the players will be like ah oh, no we're cool we're good like let, let's let's keep the fans there. <laughs> it's just uh, dumb man. Like just 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 focus on the game. My God, like it's just so stupid. Yeah. Uh. What else, anything else you want to say about the NBA? Nah, I mean, listen, Kyrie. Big, big news is uh, the New York City mayor finally uh, backed down and uh, 
is allowed given the exemption to entertainers and athletes that can they can play in, in New York City. So Kyrie can now play. He can play home and away games except for Canada now. So uh you know the Nets will be looking to make a big push here the next uh, next nine games to try to move up as high in the standings as they can to avoid the double elimination uh, play in scenario. Which is, I mean, they I I think they could maybe get up to seven. I don't know that they necessarily can catch six, but they're certainly you know they're certainly a lot more dangerous now as a seven eight seed having Kyrie there for home and away games. Uh, than they were without him there for half of them. Uh, Miami, there. I mean, they, there's a big incident with uh, Spolster, Jimmy Butler, and Udonis Haslam last oh. night. That was pretty funny. A pair of, if, if I don't, I, I don't know what, spot, what spurred it, other than the fact that they were losing by double digits to the Warriors without Curry, Clay, and Draymond. And uh, I think, I think Udonis basically called him soft. And then I think Jimmy like wanted to fight. Uh, Udonis and Spo, and made some comment like, you know, you guys are only relevant because of D Wade. If I, I don't know, I don't, I, I don't know if I can trust that. That's <laughs> that quote from the the Twitter feed that I got it from, but that's apparently what did it. I think uh, somebody, I don't know who exactly said this, but oh, Stephen A. Smith, who doesn't say a lot of smart things that I agree with, but he said they're they're good enough to go to the finals, but they're also bad enough to lose in the first round. And I think that just so eloquently described the Miami Heat, which I've kind of been saying all year that like I just I I just there's just something missing. Even though they they had a great off season, there's just something an element missing to that team that I just can't put my finger on as to like how I could easily see either one of those scenarios happening. Yeah. Uh. It's really in the the East is just all log jams right now. Like seeds one through six are all divided by four games. Boston's on a roll. I mean, they are just slaying teams right now. Um, I think they might actually end up with the one seed by the end of the year because I think Miami. I think they're going to keep riding the wave, and I think Miami will be judicious with Butler and Lowry in some games just to make sure they're a hundred percent going into the playoffs, especially if they got what, what, excuse me, especially if they got to play Boston, well, not Boston, sorry. Uh, the, the nets wow. in the first round, uh, and out West, uh, I don't really know. I mean, Chris Paul is supposed to come back tonight. Uh, Morant hurt his knee. I don't, it doesn't seem to be super serious, but they're going to be holding him out. Curry uh, is out indefinitely with a hurt uh, ligaments in his foot. Um, Marcus Smart just dove, you know, they, loose ball. They won't went for it. Unfortunately, Smart rolled up on his foot. Nothing dirty about it. Anyone that thinks it is, you're a loser. Um, stop watching sports. I think that, yeah. I mean, the Lakers are probably going to go to the finals. It's all just the stars are aligning. Hmm. They're getting healthy. Everybody else is going to get hurt. Um, the only store, the only interesting thing I'd say to look out for the Timberwolves could get frisky here and they, they could end up with the six seed and Denver might end up in the playing game. Yeah. So, which, uh, I, it, yeah, reports, we were reporting a couple of weeks ago. There were some stories that Denver was hoping they were going to get Murray and, uh, what's his name? Um, street clothes junior back, uh, before the playoffs, 
uh, Street, the Michael Porter's been shot was shot down immediately. That you're not going to be seeing him, uh, and uh, Mike Malone, who just got extended, made it pretty clear that uh, they don't expect Jamal Murray back anytime soon. So that would be interesting if uh, you know, because Jokic and all his like flirt, he's the offensive Florva, Charver, Barakwa, um, any acronym for geeks for advanced stats that you want to come up with. Be interesting to see him in a couple one game eliminations, especially if one of them's against the Lakers and LeBron. Yeah. My only question is, did the 76ers win? (sighs) They're going to break my heart. I'm ready to be hurt again. Yeah, of course they are. <laughs> They're gonna go out in the first round. I'm just gonna be like, "Welp, bring um, give me give me Bradley Beal." Yep. Um. Okay. Let's move on down the line. We're, this pod's gonna be two and a half hours because we are just winning, baby, winning. All we do is win, win, win. No Speaking of winning, what? oh, there it is again. Seventy sixes. Um. Are we ready for everyone's favorite? 10, 9, 8, 76 76ers. Sixers. I'm ready for it. Everyone's you ready, ready to start your engines? Favorite minute in podcasting? 3, 2, 1, go. Last week, Atlanta repaved Atlanta. Mostly a snooze fest. We were close again, but can't get any luck at the end of a race. William Byron takes his first win of the year. This week, Circuit of the Americas, Austin, Texas. Last year, we were so pumped for this. Uh, it was the first year, but it was marred by rain. Chase Elliott won the rain-shortened race last year. Uh, really looking forward to see what the this new road course has to offer the sport. It's automatically on the bucket list of venues we have to visit. The heavy favorite is Chase Elliott, plus 250, and Kyle Larson, plus 300, because it's a road course. So we're faced with a difficult choice of how to bet this. Uh, so we're probably overthinking this, but we're going to go Truex Jr. plus 1,000, Kyle Busch plus 1,000, and Sidric, Sindric plus 14,400. So uh, we're only going to bet three units. We're down 15 units on the year. Yikes. We only have one win. We're getting desperate. How much time was that? Uh, four seconds short of a minute. Nice. All right. Why? Well, I, have I have a little bonus pit stop. You oh, ready? I love bonus. Dude, roll it. Roll okay, our favorite driver, number six, Keselowski. Major finds, 100-point regular season, 10-point playoff deduction for using a non-approved part that was supposed to be a single-source part. We don't know what that part is. Uh, they haven't said, but it's many are calling it the largest penalty in NASCAR history. If he goes on a hot streak and wins like two races, he can overcome this, but he's yet to find any kind of meaningful speed, so it's going to be hard for him to overcome this, I think, but he's got to win a couple um, so remember that these are all like new cars and the teams are trying to get used to them. So this piece, who knows if they were intentionally cheating, if it was just a stupid mistake, we have no idea yet, but it's a cra- been a crazy season. It's already been unpredictable. Just throw this in as another thing. So going to be a tough, tough go for Keselowski here. That's it. A tough go, eh? Yeah. Now time for the parlay. We lost again, 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 again. Uh, well, the the joke is on the parlay that guess what? We're taking a hiatus, taking a back seat. 
We uh, we've missed so many in a row. We're joking about it. We're we're gonna put it on hold for the time being. Sorry, if you were if you were fading us and playing all the opposites, you're uh, a rich you're a rich man, and you no longer have time for this podcast. And we aren't gonna give you any more material for the time being. So sorry about that. <laughs> Guess how much Houston's up by now? Nine. Ten. Eleven. Jesus. Twelve. The stars have aligned. Okay, let's assume positions for beer two. You ready? Yeah, whatever. Three, two, one. I forgot you're doing waters, so. Um, I'm having a Guinness. And you're having a water. I'm having a water. Uh, Do you have anything you want to throw in there before we get to Last Kingdom Season 5? I do. Go for it. Yeah, I don't know how much money the BBC makes off these shows, but man, they're just kicking themselves in the ass for for giving up on this one after two seasons. Yeah. So um, good. So good. So the way we're going to attack this is Hey, you what? know what? Pat give Barry Horowitz ourselves. We did it. We swore, we we gave we 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 had a blood oath with each other that we were only going to watch one episode a day cuz we didn't you know this was it this was it for the last kingdom we didn't want it to be done in a couple of days we wanted to really be able to to enjoy it and stretch it out and and by god if we weren't able to do it we 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 were so disciplined my wife was like when so put on the next episode and i was like i can't and she's like what are you talking about and i'm like I swore an oath to my. I I busted straight into the Uhtred voice, and I was like, <laughs> "I swore an oath to my brethren that I would not skip ahead. We would watch one a day." She was like, "I'm gonna kill you," and I'm like, "I'm sorry." <laughs> <laughs> it was worth it though, man. It was worth oh, it. So good. It was so um, so good. So the way we're gonna attack this is what, Drew? You're gonna just kind of set up how the, the yeah we're gonna the we're gonna we're gonna each, talk we're gonna character right yeah we're gonna go through the main five main characters this season instead of going episode by episode and kind of you know stumbling our way through what happened trying to recap it we're gonna kind of talk about the five main characters of the season you know where they are coming in kind of what their um kind of what their path is throughout the season and then at the end you know how they all kind of come together and then we're gonna do our top five favorite moments of season five because god knows it wouldn't be a two beers podcast without an amazing top five nailed it all right you, you ready who, who, yeah who care what character you want to start let's, out with uh, let's start with my girl brita i love me some brita. Brita. so the last time we saw brita she was uh she was given birth by herself in a forest under a tree uh to canute's canute's baby finally she's able to pup after she she broke um Oh god, what was what was story. Abba's story? Yeah, story, story's uh, story's curse. How um, do I have such a poor memory? But I'm like a friggin' 
savant for these ridiculous Dane names. I don't know, because I've definitely, I think I've definitely surpassed your number of rewatches now after the last month, and I still f them up, but <laughs> it, it's fine. It, it's fine. Um, so we, you know, so we start out. There, we're gonna. We're gonna conservatively say there's a six-year, five to six-year time jump in between season four and season five. Is that fair? It looks looks to be about that. About five to six years. So so Brita's been gathering an army and followers in Iceland over this time period. Her daughter, she has a daughter. She's about five or six years old. Um, and it's time. I guess I I guess a volcano is about to erupt, and they need to get the hell out of there. Is that was that your take? Sure. I, I, yeah. Who knows? All right. Um. And her plan is to come back to uh to you know I guess we'll call it England, right? Wessex. Right. Yeah. Call it England. Uh. Yeah. And basically, basically, not one to save you know to save the 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 followers that she's got. That that was kind of my. That's why I thought the volcano erupting. It was oh shit. Like we need to get the hell out of here. Um. I think that and, was. I think that was their sign. Like they were just looking for a sign of when to attack. When to go. Okay. And like they they used Bivica the the five year old or six year old to like make a sacrifice to the gods, and then that volcano erupting was their sign to go gotcha. attack. Okay. Um. And so, and but her, and her, her main goal is to get to England and just take revenge on anybody that's wronged her here. Well, I think, um, I think primarily they want to go like the Danes who are living peacefully with with the Saxons. They want to go be like, no, like you're being led astray. Don't be, don't have peace. Well, I also think, I mean, I think, I, I think that has to do with Sigtreeder betraying her because he was when he took over uh, Wessex as season four was ending. The deal was they were going to take. They were they were going to kill kill Saxons. Uh, he was going to hand Uhtred over to her, and he didn't do either. He basically let Uhtred go free to negotiate them taking um, a, a, a fortress in Northumbria. So I, I think that I think that had and the fact that you know the other person obviously who I guess betrayed her because he didn't kill her, which I mean. <laughs> Okay, cool. The guy's like your, you know, your first love and your your the long the longest friendship you've ever had, uh, Uhtred. Uh, she's going after she she wants to hurt him every way imaginable and starts out with his bloodline. So she, is there a difference between? I, I, she 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 castrates his son, which I'm I don't know if she took his balls or if she took the hot dog. Oh, uh, this 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 was a note I had for later in the show. Right. I'm glad I'm glad you brought this up. We'll we'll bring I it guess up we later. Don't, I guess yeah. So, <laughs> so that's that that 100% that's percent a topic we need to. So that's right. that's an episode one. Uh, we see the son just butchered. Uh, it survives. Butchered um, in the and, groin area. Yeah, and Uhtred Uhtred realizes she's going after the bloodline. So then she goes to uh, the fortress where uh, Sitriger is now married to Uhtred's daughter Stora. Satora, Stora, that's right. Stora, um, and now that's target too. She wants to make Sig Trigger pay, and you know she wants to kill, or she, you know, she wants to now do something, you know, kill, harm Stora uh, again, just to for basically wipe Uhtred's entire existence out of the world. Um, so that's kind of her. That that's her plot line here, uh, coming into the first few episodes of of season five. Uh, so I'll go on to our next character here. Like I said, we're, we're going to kind of summarize how they all kind of pulled together. Uh, Sick Trigger and Stora, uh, 
they've they've obviously started to build up, you know, their own their own little little kingdom. We'll call it, um, you know, for which for which to yeah. to your point, you know, Danes have now started to live peacefully with the Saxons. They're even letting Saxon you know Saxon priests come in, put up crosses, and you know. Convert Sig- Danes and yeah. Sig Tr- again, Sig Trigger's a di- you know he's a different kind of Dane. We talked about it in our, our recap a couple weeks ago. You know he instead of he basically mocks and and looks down on the you know the bravest Dane warriors who just you know thought with their with their swords and weren't strategic and you know tried to tried to come you know come up with plans that would actually give them the best outcome for survival and for riches. So he's basically like they're not bothering anybody. If they want to put up a cross, who cares? Uh, we're sitting here. We have all this land. We have a fortress. We're we're living good. Let's let's just keep letting the good times roll. Um, again, married married Astora. I'm surprised she didn't have any pups because I feel like that's that's something that would have been a thing back then. Five six years going by, but you know, another story for another day. Um, his long lost brother, who's died like twelve times apparently, uh, shows up. He's basically a drunkard, a recluse, uh, and of course the um, the brother in in Sig Trigger and you know the Dane in him uh, invites him in, and you know he asks if his people can come and you know and stay with him while they try to try to you know gather themselves for their next journey, which happens to be Brita and her army. Surprise! 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 Uh, next we have, let's roll the dice. Let's go with Edward, King Edward and Queen Ethel fled. Uh, Edward is Alfred's son. He is the king of Wessex and one of the other regions. Cause he's got two going into this, I think. Right. No. Oh. Oh, that's right. He's only got the one. Um, he gets the second one. Halfway yes, through. yes, yes, yes. And then Ethel fled is obviously the queen of Mercia. Uh, Edward, he's again, he's still still young. We kind of put him at what twenty five at this point. Twenty, yeah, somewhere in the twenty five to twenty seven range. About, about yeah. twenty five. Uh, you know, he's gotten tired of his wife and his arranged marriage because that's just what kings do. Uh, his sons, you know, his actual his son with the queen uh, is a big wimp. He's a mama's boy. Can't even fire off a bow, uh, you know, fire a bow and arrow. Um, so he's, you know, and he's already kind of still, he's still holding on to the idea of one England, which was obviously his father's dream. And then we have Eth- Ethelfred, who is traveling from Mercia to Rancova, or Rancufa, however you pronounce it, yeah. um, for blood for the Blood Month Festival. Uh, and that is, that which is, is where... Which is Uhtred's for- fortress. That is, yes, that is Lord Uhtred's, uh, where he guards the Mercian border um on on the water so and she has unfortunately come down with some type of canker sore on her breast and is dying yes so her entire story which is short in in season five is basically you know dealing with the fact that she's going to die and what's going because of who she is um you know really probably alfred's true uh true heir and if you get what i mean by that um you know, always just worried about the good of the people, trying to th- trying to worry about the succession and, and what's going to happen with Mercia. Um, then we got who I call old old smelly man, uh, Ethel Ethelwall. What's this guy's name again? Um, oh, how many times the queen's the queen's it? father. 
Ethel, Ethel Helm. Gosh, I got Ethel it. Helm. Uh, you know, he's his entire. You know, he's a snake. His entire existence in the show is continue his line, get his get his grandchildren to end up being the kings, the kings of England. To you know, to because that's how he will be judged and his legacy will go on. So anything he has to do to ensure that his grandson it becomes the Ethling. Um, it has some stake to royalty, whether it's Wessex, whether it's taking over for uh, Ethelfled in Mercia. He is willing to do anything, even if it inadvertently ends up killing his daughter. Whoops. Spoiler alert! And then that brings us to our guy, Utrid the Godless. Utrid Ragnarsson. Utrid of Utrid. Utrid of Utrid Beppenburg. Uh, so Uhtred, again, so I think we kind of said it there, for five years he's been guarding the Mercia border in Rancufa. Um, he, you know, him and his merry, his merry men, Finnan, uh, Citr- or, Citric. Yeah, Citric and my man, Baby Monk. Offled? How do I? How do o- Osforth. Osford, yeah, <laughs> uh, and and their 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 newest addition is uh, Edward's bastard, who was basically this quiet mute uh, that we saw in season four. Uhtred Uhtred swore to um, basically Edward, raise him. Yeah, that he would he would look after him and and take care of him and raise him, and he's basically raised him to be a warrior. So, so Eth- um, Ethelstan is now basically a Bamf. Yeah. Basically, he's part of the crew, and he's he's getting ready to uh, become become a warrior and go out and fight, and uh, yeah, and that's and that's kind of that, that's kind of where season five kind of is. That's the gist where all the story arcs come come together. Um, you know, Brita again. So Brita attacks. Uh, so Ethel everything Witch. you said pretty much covers the front half of the season. Yeah. So that 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 that's what stages everything. Did I get it? Anything that I missed there? You think? No, um, just like Edith, who we saw in the previous season, who only wanted her family to uh, basically, you know, be restored to prominence. I forget where she's she she went to Welles or Ireland or do you remember where? Or she no. was it Iceland? Anyway, she she's been away and she's learned medicine in the yeah meantime. she's a healer now. So now she is the one that has given <coughs> um, Ethel fled her diagnosis. Um, Aylesworth, Alfred's wife, still bopping around trying to wield her influence. Uh, um, um, who else? Who else? Um, yeah, no, I think that, I think that's it in the first half. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so Breed again, so Breda, Breda attacks F, which takes it over for probably three, four days, uh, spares sick trigger and tells him to go off to get Uhtred to bring her to him, and uh, she won't kill Stora. Stora's been, you know, her and a handful of women were able to sneak to the underground sewers, which, which how they wouldn't think, how they wouldn't think to check the sewers is kind of hilarious. Which, but. side note, I, 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 I kind of impressed myself, because I was like, what in the hell? I was like, they would have sewers in the 900s in, in like, England? Like, that's bizarre. And then I was like, Eh, I was like, maybe like like the Romans used to have like complex yeah. like aqueduct stuff like that. I was like, maybe the Romans would would have built something like that. Within yeah. within five minutes, they're like, quick, hide in the old Roman sewers. And I was like, ha, I knew it. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Uh, that was a Barry Horowitz yourself for that one. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so they're hiding out there. You know, Breda's just randomly just killing off, you know, women and and uh, and soldiers one by one until a store will eventually, you know, eventually reveals herself. Um, store uh, sick trigger reaches reaches finally they you know they all everyone just seems to meet up in the woods somehow there must be there must be like three trails and like it just must be shit like hopefully i picked the right trail today because they all they all eventually meet up in the right place all roads lead to utrid um yeah all roads lead to utrid so utrid and a small you know a small a small uh unit of his men um they they ride to effowich to try to save stora they they meet up with sick trigger uh, and yet they have to sneak in through through the Roman sewers uh, to take back the city, which which they do in the battle. Brita's daughter, she tells her daughter to hide, and so to that her daughter thought, oh, let me climb on this roof and at the top of this like steeple for some reason. Uh, and then in the most hilarious scene, uh, Uhtred's trying to you know save her daughter to bring her down, and uh, Brita's yelling at her to jump. The gods will have me catch you. As if, as if she's LeBron James and can jump like 15 <laughs> feet, uh, jumps, misses, and hits her head on the roof, and then just falls and smashes on the concrete. So she, she dies. She, I told you he did. So she died. Uh, the daughter. Uh, so Brita retreats with uh, a few men, and now her daughter is gone. So she now officially has nothing, nothing to live for. Um, in in that it, you know, as the battle kind of ends, uh, you have Sid Trigger kind of realizes that you know he needs to go back to being being a Dane, you know, a real Dane's Dane. Um, kicks out all the Saxon priests. He's reestablishing himself and his army in in Effowich. Um and that yeah, that kind of puts a bow on how that storyline was going. Well, his brother, he kind of like he makes him grab that like like that what that super hot rod. Yeah, with like poison and stuff that was in it, whatever. Yeah, whatever, whatever they were boiling that thing. But yeah, he basically put his brother through like the nine. They called it the nine steps. Yeah, to be able awesome. to live. But yeah, as I was saying, he went back to being a Dane. Um, yeah, that was no, awesome. no, you know, no, 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 no more Saxon influence no on how he's Mister Nice Sig Trigger. Uh, yeah, Ed, Ed, Edward's falling in love with some random townswoman. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, Ethel Ethelwall has now he sees it. So his his, his Ethelhelm. Ethelhelm, yeah. So he starts scheming of trying to find ways to you know to get his son to, to get his grandson to be the Ethling or to take over something. So he has these like henchmen go out to try to kill Edward's bastard. At one point, he then sends them on this mission to kill a whole a holy seer uh, of Wessex because that'll start a war between the Danes and. Uh, at Danes and Wessex, so they can they can they can pl- he can carefully place him in Mercia. Uh, inadvertently, the queen, unbeknownst to him, his daughter, the queen, goes traveling with uh, with that with the pack, pilgrims. Yep, and she tries to save the seer by claiming to be it herself and gets hung. <laughs> which bam, is, yeah, so, which then starts so a whole creepy other old El- Ethelhelm gets his own daughter, the queen, killed from being a slimy dirtbag. Yeah. Um, I gotta say that was pretty satisfying. It was until it then it then gave his henchmen uh, more leverage to then go to Rancuthum and start just killing Danes left and right, which <sighs> probably not, led that that would that that part did not feel good. 
it led to the saddest the saddest part of the season. We we, uh, we talked about it in things in uh, to look out for two weeks ago. I I did say somebody had to die in the Merry Men, and yeah. you know, obviously we were all pulling for for Citric. And uh, I baby was not Mon- pulling for Citric. Baby Monk got it, man. Uh, I I am as close to me crying. Osford died, man. Got double, got double teamed, and just couldn't. Oh, it just was couldn't fight. what a what a great scene. He was just what a great Finnin. Fin, yeah, I mean Finnin's trying that actor to actor perform that so well. Finnin, Finnin's t- stuck between going to save his wife, going to save, going to save Baby Monk. He chooses his wife, and as he's about to save them both, just too late. Gets the knife. He gets stabbed in the gut, and in, in Finnin is holding him, and Osford is going, "Don't let me die, Finnin. Don't let me die." Don't let me die. And Ugh. he's just like, it's okay. It's okay, baby monk. And just, oh. Yeah. Lights go it was, out. Uh, and yeah, Drew cried. It was, it was heartbreaking. Um, and and then this leads to the the Danes that survived going to Effelwich, telling Sigtrigger and Stora what happened, and now marching. Now they're, mar- they're marching off to fight Edward because of it. Edward is now told the lie that the Danes killed the queen. So now he's he's marching off to go fight them. And in the middle is, uh, you know, old smelly man and his army just like That's chilling out. Wait, wait, yeah. wait. Yeah, just waiting to continue to build strength. Um, before they even reach there, Sitrigger's army comes over old smelly man's camp. And then they decide to go and attack it. And in doing so, basically... <laughs> basically force edward's hand who then shows up with his army who have all felt they all of course utrid's guys put it all together that old smelly man was behind all this because there's no way like the different stories were being communicated to the king and to Sitrigger that that nobody would have known because only heston our man heston uh was aware of the old switcheroo and who had actually died between the queen and the the holy seer so Edward, you know, in in a in a battle where of course ridiculously Uhtred gets in the middle of of all the of all the battle the fight and just starts yelling people's names out and doesn't come close to ever getting hit with even <laughs> even so much as a as a straight arrow. Uh Citrigger's couple. He yeah. dodged a couple matrix style. Yeah. Citrigger's forces are defeated by Edward and Edward basically gives them, you know, he's 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 willing to spare them, but only if they agree to be baptized and to to bend to his will. And as his brother Sitrigger's brother kneels down and says it's the only way, and Sitrigger just baller just goes, "You are a coward," and just says, "I won't do it. Kill me. It's got to be you though, Uhtred." So Uhtred's forced to kill Sitrigger so his he can die. In, so he can die an honorable death and kill his his Make daughter's it to Valhalla. husband. Oh, yeah, man. That, just, what a terrible wild. scene that was. Terrible, like, terrible scene. Did you, when you were watching that, did you think there was a way that like they could get out of it? Uh, I I just thought maybe maybe Stora would just like just beg him to the point where he would he would just you know get back. I, I didn't think there was a way out of it, but I thought maybe that Uhtred would not be the one to do it. But sure enough, Uhtred just puts puts the knife up to his chest, waits, 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 and just. I'll say gently, not so gently, just smoothly, just right into the heart. Just yeah, um, yeah, man, just brutal, brutal. Uh, poor Richard, this poor guy, man. Like that happened, uh, I was just like, ah, <laughs> damn it. Um, 
So now Edward now controls. So and Edward now controls. Uh, he controls Wessick. I, I apologize. Ethelfred. We we said she died. Like, she she dies. Right. This great scene uh, with great yeah. great scene with her and Uhtred. Um, it's the last person they, she they sees. They confess all their love to each other. And yeah. uh, and she dies in his arms. She dies in his arms. Um, that was and sad then, too. Uh, yeah. Uh, and there, there, Yeah. There's no way that her her awful daughter who. <laughs> Jesus, she's. Uh, if anyone's given Queen Alfred's wife a run for their money as like the worst character in this series, it's it's her daughter. Um, no way are they going to allow her to take over. So, uh, old Smelly Man bribed the elder or the Witten to vote his son in, and Edward gets wind of it, and so he has them all killed, and he himself just claims the throne of Mercia. So he has Mercia. He has Wessex. I couldn't he believe now- when that happened. They were like, yeah, Elfwyn was going to take over uh, Ethelred's daughter, but she was just kind of like your typical like bratty teenager. Yeah. And then Edward's like, nah. So all like basically they're about to form a Witten, and all the eldermen of Mercia come together. And on their way to the Witten, Edward just has them all murdered. And I was like, wait a minute. I was like, this has got to be like another like Ethelhelm's thing, right? And Edward's yeah. like, nah, that was me. This is BS. I'm taking over. Yeah, I thought, I and thought all it the was Mercians, yeah. like all the remaining Mercians, just kind of like look at each other and shrug and like go along with it. And I was like, yeah, what? I thought it was Ethelhelm. I thought it was Ethelhelm killing the elderman that he didn't secure in the will. Yeah, in the me too. Yeah. Um. I guess. It, I guess it should have been a giveaway when they weren't when they wouldn't kill um Edward's bastard. That it was uh, that it was him, Ethelstan? not because uh, yeah, because Ethelhem he 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 had been he Ethelhem had been trying had to kill him killed, yeah. all season. So, um, but yeah, and now and now he's got um, what's what's uh, what what what's what's the trigger's place? Uh, Ethelwich. Eth- so Now he's got three. He wants Stora to basically preside over it um, under him, uh, and she refuses to Uhtred's, um you know, well, Ethelwich is dis- on the border of Northumbria, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, to to Uhtred's dismay, she basically just says, "Yeah, uh, they've taken they've taken everything from me. You know, you basically give yourself for these people. Uh, we're gonna go out in the woods and just just we're gonna build our own place. I'm not I'm not bending the knee to this guy, so he can have somebody else do it. So it's it triggers." shitbag brother who's now going to who's now going to run f which it was the, the best that was one of my favorite scenes where utrid's just like dude you can't come on man you can't put this dude in charge he's just gonna betray you and then edward's just like i don't care then i'll cut off his head and then i'll put another guy in charge and then i'll cut off his head and then i'll cut off his head until until we get it right yeah. <laughs> and like you can just slowly see edward just being consumed by like i need to be in control i'm putting whoever whoever i have to do it to get there in line I will be um, the Lord of Wessex and Mercia. Yeah. Uh, in the in the meantime, now Brita, you know, Brita is still mourning in the back in the back layers of of what's going on with the the wars. She's just mourning her daughter. Um, she finds some more Saxons, kills them. One of which uh, she also finds Father Purlick, who she spares only basically to kind of torture him about his his beliefs. And I think is is planning to kill him, but then, you know, is trying to find a way. She she basically tries to understand the resurrection of Christ and how he can help how he can help her daughter resurrect from the dead. And he just goes, it's it's just not how it works, hon. And uh, 
Yeah, it's a, I, they, they I has, enjoyed all the scenes. With I was gonna say they had some really good scenes together. Um, eventually, he kind of gets through to Brita that listen, like you're not lost. Like it's basically, a, basically a Herschel from Walking Dead. You're not too far. We're not too far gone. We could come <laughs> good, back. Good um, and so she's she basically is like, all right, take me to Uhtred because I need you know he's who I need to make my 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 penance to. Um, they cross they 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 cross some some Saxons on the way who tell Father Pure let him know about the you know what's going on with Sitrigger and uh, and Edward which he doesn't tell Brita he lets something slip as they get closer to the campground and she's like she basically then she's like oh you're just trying to set me up like everybody and betray me so uh, stabs him and says maybe you're, if your God saves you tell Uhtred, tell Uhtred I'm still out here to come find me um, so yeah so sets up. Basically sets up Uhtred. Uhtred going to now confront Brita, which another great scene. Uh, she tells Uhtred to meet her. Uh, I forget the name of the location, which I, I did not recognize uh, the name. But as soon as he gets there, it's the it's where it all started. The first episode of the first season. Uh, El El Ragnison, Ragnar the Feelus. His his lands that were were burned in the first Earl episode. Ra- yeah, Earl Ragnarsson. Yeah. Um, and you see Brita digging up. Was she? Was she? She was digging her own grave. I thought she was digging up El Ragnar's um, axe to fight with it. But yeah, she was just using her own sword to. She basically digs a grave, and Uhtred, when he when he sees her, she just starts calling her out, and she's there, and he's like, "He, you, you, you dug your own grave." She's like, "She's like, or yours." She's like, "Either way, it all ends where it begins." Very, very Neo Agent Smith line there, which was huh. great. Uh, what a fight sequence. Breed is not really fighting him to kill him. She's really fighting to antagonize him to just so he'll kill her so she can finally be at rest. Um, and Uhtred, as he disarms her and is about to kill her, just another awesome flashback sequence to all the times they had together, you know, bumping uglies, making pups, burying dead pups. Uh, some just laughs, ki- some cries. Uh, be- beginning, middle, and end. A little protagonist. Uh, awesome stuff, man. And he just tells her, I can't do it. And he, and again, and he also, and he goes to the Herschel speech that we're not too far gone. We can come back and we're going to do it together. And I'm just sitting there and I'm just like, what's happening? It's like, which, which are going to get back together? This is going to, this is going to work. They're going <laughs> to, it's beautiful. They're, they're going to be a Beppenburg together. It's, it's going to happen. We can make it happen. And as they're about to just embrace and, and hug and maybe, you know, kiss and then make love in that grave. An arrow goes right through her chest, and it's Stora who, who had followed them there and did what her father. And basically, she told Uhtred, "If you if you're not going to kill her, I I'm going to I'll find her and do it." Because everything, obviously, she blames her for everything that happened, and death, you know, yeah. and Sid Trigger's death. So, so Brita finally finally goes to Valhalla, and the last thing she just says is Ragna. Yeah. Um, oh. So Uhtred, just, just another another gut wrenching death. Ah, uh, just 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 terrible. Um, so yeah, so he goes back to camp, uh, you know, he's, he has all these mixed emotions about what to do next. He decides they're going to go back to Rancutham. Yeah. Finn, Finn and, and Citric and, uh, Citric are kind of like, ah, not really the right call Lord, but we'll do what you want to do. And then as he's, as he's getting his horse ready, uh, a, a priest that they had put in Rancutham who found his way, uh, to Beppenburg, uh, good old, old smelly man in in, uh, in a panic to try to save himself, went to go cut a deal with the, the the Scottish king, which who you know that's there's 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 a 
there's a debate over who owns the lands of Nor- Northumbria between between Edward and this king, and the middle ground, Beppenburg. And so he basically, as Uhtred's getting the horse ready, he goes, yeah, uh, old smelly man and his grandson are, uh, they're, they're in this fortress. They're like getting ready for this big plot and they're, you know, they've kidnapped, uh, Ethel, Ethel, Ethelred's daughter and they're going to marry her off to the Scottish king. Where, where are they? A fortress, a fortress called Beppenburg. And you just see Uhtred's, Uhtred's face. It's like, it's like Michael Keaton seeing the bat signal and Batman returns, just gets up <laughs> and it's like, oh my God. So now he's, he's posting, he's posting the plan to the king. This is the time we got to go to Beppenburg. We, we have, we have the surprise. We're going to attack. We're going to attack the Scots on one front and then we're going to get, get revenge on old smelly man on the other front and shit. If it all works out, I, I'll, I'll just do you the favor and I'll take over Beppenburg. Beppenburg, and you can you can finally have one England. Uh, Edward, who's been very impulsive lately, is like, no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be antagonized by this old old fart. Uh, I'm not gonna do it. Everybody, Mercia, Alfred, his mother, everybody's just like, you have to do it. You can't just let her be. You uh, know, where everybody turns again. All the brain trust. Everybody, like, yeah, doing. everybody and is he was turning. Like, no, I will put you to the sword. And they're like, no, you won't. We're still doing it. And he's uh, like. And then fit and then fit in with the classic fit in line. Things aren't working out the way you planned, eh, Lord King? <laughs> Which is probably the straw that broke the camel's back, and he basically gets the crap beat out of him, and uh, they're basically not going to do it. So the episode ends in uh, with you know him basically saying anyone that le- anyone that leaves this fortress dies, and then the next episode. I guess it's his wife that talks some sense into him. That yeah, says, it's just a little Mexican standoff for like half an episode of like, are they going to leave? Are they going to stay? Are they going to leave? Are they going to stay? And, yeah, uh, and uh, and then eventually, in the first five minutes of Aylesworth the Aylesworth decides to go through the back door of uh, Yagafu, the new wife, and like, yeah, we need to convince him that this is the way to do it. So that's basically what happens. Yeah, and before the the music comes on. Um, in the first fight, you know, the intro music, uh, the, the small little crew that's going to lead, that's going to sneak out to, to go rescue her. Uh, they open the gates and as the gates open, it's Edward on his horse with his entire army behind him. So off to Beppenburg, eh, Lord Uhtred. And then, uh, it just, you know, he gives a great speech and then, uh, and then they march. So off, off to Beppenburg, um, you know, Long story short, the they're gonna they're they're basically planning, they're planning to sneak attack the Scottish army that's marching to Beppenburg, while also Uhtred, Citric, and Finnan, with the help of Hild, who we haven't seen in quite some time, uh, who ha- is hiding somebody at her uh, holy whatever you want to call that place. Nunnery? Or it's like an outpost. It's like a. It's like a, yeah. Post. It's like a. It's like a holy outpost um, where Heston's out there like selling relics, making money. Uh, Heston and Hild are part of the ploy. They're going to. They're going to sneak in a back way. Also in Be- help. Yeah. In Beppenburg to try to rescue yeah. the daughter. Uh, and then once help they win. get her, yeah. then once they get her, and the Scots arrive, then the army of Wessex and Mercia are going to attack and take over the fortress. Uh, some snags, uh, basically the road to get to Beppenburg is along the cliffside and, uh, Gi- giant hole in the uh, in the road, so they have to basically climb, <laughs> climb up the... Uh, Free climb the- up up El Capitan of, of, of uh, what is eastern England. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is which is just insane. Um, <laughs> free climb, and uh, Finn, Finn's like putting his hand in bird shit and nests, getting attacked by eagles. No, no casualties, but totally cool. Heston and Hill, their plan doesn't go exactly the way they they hoped. Instead of distracting the uh, the house guard, they're invited into the fortress, which you know. They, that was they were supposed to be out there uh, claiming treasure while Uhtred, uh, Citric, and um, Finn could actually sneak in with less less men there, and that doesn't work out for them. Uh, and just to fast forward, so so Edward Edward attacks too early. Uh, the 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 soldiers that are in in the fortress uh, they wait for the Scots to arrive. Who they then attack attack Mercy and Wessex on both sides and start forcing them o- over the cliff of Beppenburg. That was great. Uh, which is just nuts. Uhtred, Citric, and Finnan are just like watching from the the top of Beppenburg on the fortress wall, being like, "It's over!" Like I can't believe this. Corner of the eye. Uh, Alfred's wife and the healer. They found Stora out in the forest. They they brought their their Dane, their Danes out to uh, to help, but they're going to retreat because they think it's all lost. They ride out on horses to go find them, while like one by one, uh, the Wessex and Mercia soldiers are falling off the cliff and spattering to their deaths. Uther gives an awesome speech, convinces them to join. About and how like the Danes, the Danes and the Saxons really are one, and he's the man to unite them, and they can yeah. all, they need to live in unity and blah blah blah. Yeah, totally and then uh, the Danes to come help, and they do. They end up winning the battle. Hostages are taken. Uh, as as the battle is ending, uh, the Scottish king are orders one of his men to light Beppenburg on fire because he doesn't want he doesn't want uh. Alfred or Edward to control the fortress on the border. Uh, as it's burning, Uhtred runs in to go take care of his cousin, who's uh, who's got like two. Wait, of go. course, yeah, he's got like two. He's got two guys there to try to um, you know basically fight Uhtred three on one because as he notes, I'm no match for you in the sword. So you know, playing fair isn't how you take a take a take a fortress. And Uhtred easily dispatches of those two guys, and while he's hiding in the shadows trying to stab him from behind, Uhtred, Uhtred, you know, disarms him, holds him over a ledge, and basically screaming at him to tell him who who's the rightful heir. He goes, he goes, just kill me. He's like, I killed my father. You kill me, your son will kill you. That's our destiny. And he goes, no, it is not. Flips him over. Guy Flips falls him over on, the uh, railing. Falls two stories onto the the banquet table, which had a giant like candlestick in it, and just gets impaled on like this like ornamental centerpiece. So good, so oh, good, amazing, um, amazing scene. And at this point, now the the front of the fortress is completely engulfed in flames. Um, old smelly man is confronted by Al- Edward's bastard and his grandson. He admits to what he did. He kills himself. Uh, Edward's bastard is then looking for Uhtred, is yelling for him. They have a scene where they're out in the middle of the courtyard watching it burn. Uhtred just won't leave it. He's like, no. He's like, he's like, my destiny is to die here. I won't, I won't. He's like, I won't leave. I won't leave. And as, as he says it, it starts to rain. Finally, God, God is repaying. The open up and put out the fire. Thank you. He's, he's, he's repaying Uhtred for all that he's done for Wessex and, and, and for Christians. And, uh. And yeah, and just Uther just falls to his knees, just in happiness, and just breaks into the tears. So it's like Gollum after he finally got the ring. <laughs> in Mount Doom. 
So they take he takes Beppenberg back. Um, the, they they exchange hostages. The Scottish king renounces his claim to Northumbria lands. Uh, in exchange, Uhtred says he won't swear to Edward, which he then tells Edward because he doesn't believe he's the man to unite England because of what he's uh, because of the things that he's done the last few months. Um, basically, just kind of sh- you know. Di- further dividing the Saxons and the Danes, killing the Witten to take over Mercia. He said, I-, I believe your father's dream will come true at some point, but just you're not the guy to do it. So I'm not, I'm staying neutral in this fight between you and the Scots. And uh, yeah, and then in the closing scenes, you see uh, Hild was actually hi- hiding Uhtred's third kid, who we haven't seen since, uh, since, uh, it was so 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 satisfying for me because the like the whole, whole last season and the season I keep telling you I'm like, dude, Uhtred has a third kid, right? Like, the kid that Gisela died giving birth, like that was that baby was there. Like, where's that yeah. baby? And you're like, I don't think that's a thing. And I'm like, yeah, it has which to be. which then you re- you reminded me when we first watched when I first watched when I watched it the first time I kept asking you that like, where is this other kid? And it was like a, it was like a reversal where you're like, I, it's not important. Like, who cares? <laughs> you're like, who cares, dude? It just it doesn't matter. Where no, the kid no, is. that has bothered me from day one. I've always oh, okay. Been Maybe I yeah. misremember me, but yeah, it was it was funny how we uh, we were wondering who that is. So so little Osbert's walking on the beach shoreline with Hild on the way, uh, and he goes, "Oh, you you think the you think the new lord he knew my father at some point? Yeah, you could say something like that." Yeah. Uh, and then uh, there's a final scene where Uhtred's just he's basically giving giving a an overview of everything that's happened and everything that is likely to happen, setting up the movie Seven Kings Must Die. And then the last scene, he just it's just a a great sequence from him him looking over the ocean on the fortress wall, just thinking about from the moment he the last moment he was there when he was being baptized by Bianca, all the loss that happened in between and then mixed in there, him basically swearing his allegiance to Alfred. And then just this awesome shot where it just zooms out uh, over the ocean um, and looking at Beppenburg from that angle. He says, destiny is all. Yeah. Uh, So great stuff. I tried to avoid us rambling on and on about what happened, but it just couldn't be avoided anyway. So look, you, I, the impressive thing is I know you had no notes on that and you basically just rattled it all off. That was amazing. Oh, I ha- I literally had no notes. I have five names written down. Those are my notes. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Sorry, well, I'm, I'm, I'm lying. I have technically seven if you count how uh, I comboed. I kept, well, uh, I kept trying to interject just to break it up, but dude, that was good. I I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. And uh, I mean, when if you're a freakazoid about the show like we are, like how could you not enjoy that synopsis you just gave? It, 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 was, good job. It was so yeah, it was so great. Right, so that so let's, that brings. Let's rattle off our top five moments and then our hopes and dreams. Wait, real movie. real quick. Any any pick and nits on the season? I only have I have two, three, three, no, three. I mean, no, I, there were there were things that disa- I was disappointed in, but I can't really say that they were bad. So you you go ahead. My only pick and nits at I think they were all t- two of them were in the final episode, and one of them was just a a general kind of thing. So. My in the final episode, they they did not do a good job of pacing the uh, oh, the the attack yeah. on both fronts from the Scots and the Beppenberg army, where they basically corner Wessex and Mercia and start pushing them off the cliff. 
they start they started they started pushing people off the cliff like immediately which to your point would have you know made them less able to hold them off and the like uch, uch, a, a, a good, you lose the first couple that that a good you're, you're less and less yeah. able to hold the line a good and, 30 minutes had to have gone by from from them riding those from seeing what was happening and the first men falling off to Uchri getting stora and the danes to come out and help so they all would have been pushed off they sh- they should have they, they they should have had utrid utrid and uh, Finnan Finn and Citric right off to them as they were starting to approach the edge of the cliff. Yeah, exactly. And may- maybe have you know them like the maybe it'd be a little yeah, yeah be a little bit of a tug of war. And then as the first few men start to fall off, then have them come running into the battlefield yeah. to fight everybody. That it just made no sense. Um, yeah. that was my one. My other nitpick was uh F. Ethel Ethel Fled's right hand man in Mercia, the head of her her King's Guard. What's his name? Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Aldhelm. Aldhelm. Uh, he he try he tries to break the the Scottish wall as they're getting pushed off the cliff, and he loses his balance and falls to the ground. Is getting trampled by just the first An few feet army. we see. Yeah, and so you're like, ah, shit, like he's he's done, like which makes sense because some I mean some again you have to have people of meaning die for these shows to actually have an impact on you. Um. And he ends up as a hostage at the end, just like a couple scratches on him. And he's a little, he, he has trouble standing up because he got trampled. Like he should be dead. Like, come on. Like are we, yeah. that, that was like the, that was, that was, I was like, is Scott Gimple of the walking dead directing this episode? <laughs> come on. Are we, are we kidding ourselves? Um, so that was my other nitpick. And then my third, which was, I was just kind of more annoying that, and this is my, my thing with Breaking Bad, having Old Smelly Man be like almost the unraveling of everything is like the equivalent of Uncle Jack and the neo-Nazi group um, getting the better of Walter White, who like took out like the drug cartels and all these like big powerful people. But yeah. these like ran- this random ass dude is like going to undo them, which makes sense for the time period that that actually would happen. Just like... Um, who who was who was the uh, Alfred's nephew who had his eye burned Ethel out? Wald. Just like how he started all those things from the inside, like spreading yeah, lies. Like we said, it wasn't illogical. It was just it, it, it just yeah, it was more annoying to me. So you know, you got you got Abba the Great for God's sakes, and uh, uh-huh. and this old this old fart's gonna undo everything. So that was it. Those are my only three little little things. Uh-huh. And again, every I I it's as close to a perfect season as you can have. Yeah. Okay, top five moments. Starting at number five, I'll go first. Uhtred's third kid revealed, L- little Osbert. Thank nice. God. That scratch that that was an itch that needed scratch so bad because I'm like this. I think I even said it to you going into the last episode. I was like, "What is that a thing?" And you're like, "I don't know." I just given up on it at that point. Yeah. What's your number five? Sick Trigger's new haircut. Oh, good call. That was pretty sexy. After Brita starts cutting off his long, luscious locks to embarrass him, he then goes like, he he goes like original Citric and with a combination of like now Uhtred with like basically 80% of it just straight bladed and then just like this extra long ponytail braided down. Yeah, it was, it was super sexy. cool. Super, super cool. Uh, my number four was when all of the brain trust, brain trust turns on Edward, and they're like, as you noted, they're like, nah, we, we need to attack now. And he's like, no, I'll hold you all to the sword. And they're like, yeah, cool, but we're going to do this anyway. 
Not working out the way you planned, eh, Lord King? Yeah, that was great. Love it. What's your Love number it. four? Uh, Finnan doesn't die. It's <laughs> <laughs> one of the few things in the final scene. I just ever since we saw him in season two when he's part of the uh, the slaves when Uhtred gets um, put into slavery, I, I just immediately love this dude. Uh, he's just, he's awesome, and I just was like, listen, I know somebody's got to die. I just I really hope it's not Finn. Like just just let Citric die, and I don't I don't dislike Citric. I just I just for some reason I liked Baby Monk. And I was just like, just get, just have Finn and get through this. And uh, ridiculously, their awful plan in Beppenburg, like I thought him or Citra, one of them was also going to die. There goes another one. But yeah, he lives. Number four. Uh, number three, I have Uhtred and Brita's final battle up until the point that Steor ruins it with the arrow. But <sighs> the I just really enjoyed, like, again, they're just beat down and then they basically make amends and Brita just has that moment of like hope, like I-, I can find peace with you, Uhtred. Like we started together, and we could we could find peace. And then whack, she's dead. Uh, so I enjoyed her. Like I'll use the word conversion of like because she was just going off the deep end, and then Uhtred yeah. like brought her back, and then she died. What was your number three? The music. Ooh. I thought I thought the music in this particularly in this final season like they they had that that woman just wallowing at the top of her lungs <laughs> it, it was she she has a cameo in the first episode I don't know if you noticed if you noticed I, I did yeah yeah uh it was just great like the the music the music was just set the tone in every scene and just it just hit every emotion that you were supposed to feel like they just they hit a home run in every for an original score that you have to have right like you just can't put like Biggie Smalls in in the Last Kingdom right like you have to basically make all this music yeah I, I dude it I thought it was as powerful as it's been throughout the series and it was like nice. yeah yeah every track every scene just home runs uh, my number two Uhtred in the rain um, just. You know, you're sitting there at the end, and, and Bebenberg is burning, and you're just like, "Son of a bitch!" bitch. Like, like this thing's gonna burn to the ground, and he's gonna give it like a classic Uhtred speech, like, "We will rebuild. It is my destiny to no. lord over these lands. I will build it in my image." And then, thankfully, the sky opens up, and you're like, "Yes, God finally gave Uhtred a break. Thank God." So that was that was funsies. Um. I'm uh I'm gonna I'm cheating here. So I have I just I have Uhtred interactions as my number two. Okay. Uh in Uhtred and Father Purlick, uh where they're going they're kinda go right before right right as he realizes that uh she's at Beppen that out out Ethel Fled's daughter is in Beppenburg. And he just has this moment where like he just communicates with, with Purlick, he's like is this actually destiny? Are the gods really talking to me? Like, what are the odds? She'd be there. We should go there. Like, I can take it back. But am I just being, am I just being, you know, full of myself? And I, I'm not really part of this bigger picture. I just thought the way he basically was just, you know, rationalizing the entire, you know, duplicity of his character over the five seasons with Purelick. I just really liked it. I, I just, I really, I enjoy that exchange. Um, Uhtred, Uhtred and Edward's bastard 
in the rain in Beppin Bruce. So you're a scene basically where it's just like he's just like I can't I can't I'd rather burn to death in this goddamn fort this goddamn fortress yeah. than leave. I just can't do it. Um and then Uhtred with the Danes, where he's 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 pleading with them to come help, and he's like he's like, don't do it for the Saxons, do it for your forebearers, the reason they came here, they they risked their lives to cross the seas for a new home. Yeah, that was good. So I cheated and picked three scenes, but it's all Uhtred, 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 Uhtred. Cool. We're gonna have the same number one. So go ahead. Yeah, Uhtred pushes Whitgar to his death over over the railing. We don't have him. the same one. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, I just that was to me. It was it was almost the most satisfying. It might be the most satisfying death on the show. I'll put Skate as number one only because there was. <laughs> There was that brief moment where you're like, he's going to bang Skade, and he needs to just kill this freaking woman. And then he finally, like, drowns her, because he had to kill her without drawing blood, was, his, was the whole breaking, thing. Breaking her skin, yeah, breaking and her skin. And it's like, yeah. yes, yes, he finally did it. This one, you knew he was obviously going to kill this guy, so, like, it was still satisfying and still necessary and still awesome and lovely, and it might be tied with Skade, but it didn't have that element of, like, what's he going to do next? Like, he, like obviously, yeah. he's going to kill him. But that's that's my number one of the season. That was that was that was uh, so satisfying. The dude, the the nephew with the eye was probably the most satisfying for me. The nephew with the eye, Ethel Ethel Wall, Alfred's Alfred's nephew, who they seared out his eye. That you just said a, it. You just said his name. Yeah, Ethel Wall. But that wasn't season five. Oh, of the season. I thought you meant of the series. No. Sorry, I apologize. So you thought that it was of the series, but you picked. All four of season five, even though no, 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 no. You said the most satisfying death was was him killing his oh, cousin. Oh, 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 oh. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I thought so you said that was the most number one of the season. Mind oh the the fine the final uh, the final sequence where he's climbing, he's 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 overlooking overlooking the ocean in Beppenburr, and it starts his he starts a flashback sequence that begins with Bianca Bianca yeah, at his baptism bat- in the first episode. Bianca puts him under. The water is when he has the flashbacks of his whole life. Of like every everything in between the last time he was there and now, all the deaths, all the loss, very little joy. But you know, because I noticed it, it seemed like I was like, oh, it's just it's a flashback of everything he's lost. But then they, but then they put in there every like every few seconds they would put in moments between him and Alfred and the last thing that he sees before he just breaks into tears and they start the fade out is the last moment of him with him and Alfred at the table when he's um yeah. when he gives him he gives him his, his freedom it was perfect it was so good yeah it was it, it was you, you almost can never have a perfect ending and that was as as perfect as you can get which again it's going to lead into the seven this you know seven kings must die it it was just tremendous. I I just rewatched it uh, for probably the twentieth time uh, before the pod. Nice. Um, okay, so to close this out, hopes and dreams for the movie. I have one, two, three, four, five. Oddly enough. You go ahead. Give me your hopes and dreams because mine will be really quick. Rattle them all off. Yeah, because mine will be really quick. Okay. Please let Uhtred be with someone other than Edith. Yes, agree. She's fine. I like Edith. But like all he deserves, his, he he needs something better though. Yeah, exactly. I, I my, that was my next thing. Is yeah. all of his other women were so much more epic than her. 
Um, yeah. She's fine. I just want better. Even even, even Hild. Give him Hild. I was gonna say that. Like like, <laughs> did she break her vows and just become like a, a Uhtred wife instead of a nun? Yeah. Although she, she, that's her holding true to her vows kind of makes the character though. So anyway. Yeah, it's true. Um. Okay, you brought this up earlier, but I, I gotta know: Is Little Uhtred's Little Uhtred still functional? <laughs> Like, was it his balls or his dong that got clipped? Like, yeah, can, and we say that because we were written. You you assume that that he was castrated. His name is Uhtred, right? Yeah, it's Uhtred. Little, yeah. You assume that he was cast fully. Ca- he was castrated. Well, I assume that it was his dong that got. That's clipped. That's what I did too. And, and then, then, like later in the season, they said something about his balls, and I was well like, at the 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 last battle between at, at between Brita. the between Bria and Uhtred, he makes a comment and. Uh, she said. She says something like, "Ah, oh, funny. Your son said the same thing as as he was as he as we took his balls." Yeah, exactly. And I was like, "Wait a minute." So did they just did they just neuter him, or did they actually cut off his his little Uhtred? Uh, can he pee? Like, if if it was his little Uhtred, can he pee? Like, well, you can I, still. I, yeah, yeah. You have to. Look, you die. I mean, you die. Yeah. So my so my like, I just want them to like. I don't need a whole big thing. Like one sentence. Like like I, like this sounds like a Finnan joke with one sentence like oh yeah right you gotta give me something yes agreed <laughs> um, look we're the part of the Everman everybody's wondering I I certainly was uh, see okay number three uh, if England becomes one kingdom in this movie here's my assumption that basically Ethelstan who is uh, Edward's heir to Bastard the throne. Son raised by Uhtred, who would be the king of Mercia and Wessex, would team up with Osbert, who is Uhtred's son, who presumably would take over for Uhtred as the lord of Bebenburg and Northumbria. You figure they're going to unite and take over because the seven kings. So the other four kingdoms would be the Scots, East Anglia, Ireland, and Wales, I'm assuming. Um, So it would be kind of cool if basically Uhtred's bloodline and Uhtred's trainee kind of god that's gonna be a lot to pack into two hours it's it's two it's only got a two hour runtime yeah well yeah that was oh really yeah that's i mean that's that's what they have at least it needs to be at least two hours 45 minutes they have it listed as 120 minutes so far (sighs) that's unreal that's that's not enough um number four i hope king constantine gets the woman that he loves he has that little speech about how he's like Loves a woman who's already married, so I hope he gets her because he was a cool dude. The king of the Scots. And number five, if Uhtred is going to die, if he has to die, I hope it's a worthy death at the hands of King Constantine of the Scots. Uh, I'm afraid that Edward is going to pull an Ethelwald uh, versus Baby Ragnar and just kind of like murk. Uh, I, I was going to say, you know, it would probably be Edward, right? I, but Edward would probably just like pull an Ethelwald and like have somebody like like just murder him in his sleep or something which i would not be cool with yeah i i, I agree um my hopes and dreams uh with the one thing we didn't mention it was pretty funny how uh as they were as they were you know making their plans for bepenber uh alfred's wife who's just been nothing but lousy to utrid uh basically it's like as he invites the healer to stay she just assumed that meant that she could stay too and goes yeah you know i, I think the sea's gonna agree with me i i uh, i need i need i'm gonna need a room though with the with the sea view and which Uch- utrid basically gives the look that rick grimes gives uh jadis when she goes i lay with him after <laughs> yeah she's perfect. like wait what wait He's you're like, doing what what <laughs> yeah um my hopes and dreams Please don't kill Finnan. 
So I hope Finn and, I hope Finn survives. Nice. Um, I I think Uhtred has to die. So to your point, I hope he just gets like I hope it's an honorable death and not just some not something like Sig Trigger, not something Baby like Rag, yeah. not something like Baby Ragnar, like a legitimate like you know. In battle. He, he, yeah, you know, he just he just dies in battle saving somebody, you know, doing something. Like it just it's worthy it's worthy of this character that we've now come to love here over over these five seasons. Um and yeah, I mean that's really kind of my only my only hopes for the movie. Nice. I don't have yeah, like and, and you you use my other one. Like I really hope that Utra doesn't end up like marrying the healer because like again, he just he just needs so- he just needs something better. Yeah. Am I nothing uh, against her? No, no, she's fine. But yeah, she's fine. Like she he 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 needs better than fine. I agree. Um Oh, I'm sorry. And I uh, he doesn't lose Beppenburr after like just getting it back. <laughs> Please. That he that he actually gets to like enjoy Beppenburr for a little bit of time. Yeah. Agreed. So All right. Um Drew, good job. Hell of a synopsis by you. I know you didn't want to go on and on, but it was worth it. That was great. If you enjoyed it, that's all that matters, man. Yes. All right. As per usual, good talk. See you out there. Big kisses. Sit down. Pull you that first round. You got an open count. Toss it out. Everybody's cold right now. Stir up the crowd Get you that second round Go on and throw it out Talk about anything that makes you get loud <laughs>